0: In deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucks in deep. Bless you, boys! Young men expressing themselves.
1: Unbelievable!
0: Fucks in deep. What it is deep. Now brought up by Landeskog. Here comes Landeskog. For Soderbergh. Presidential yeah. winner! Michael Reggio, The overtime winner! The piano.
1: All no, get pucks deep bring the puck deep.
0: Put pucks in deep. He's chipping pucks, he's getting pucks deep. Just put the puck deep, getting pucks out, getting pucks deep. Get pucks deep. Pucks in deep, puck deep, pucks deep, keep getting pucks deep.
1: Alright, we're back. Episode 40. Pucks in deep podcast. Adam Lesco, Josh Coleman here. This week we're going to be bringing you around the Eastern Conference and a big Leafs comprehensive preview as well. Counting on my man across the table there to provide us with some great insight and some nice homework. I did how much homework. time Yeah, how much time do you spend on this week? Let's go.
0: I don't know. A few hours. Yeah. Not going to oversell it in here.
1: Well, I will <laughs> oversell. It. I had the I had the I'm
0: always I'm always looking at stuff. I'm constantly yeah, reading. It's just saving it up and then trying to put it together right yeah it's true trying to remember to talk about it that's half the battle sometimes (laughs) right like you're you you finish the show and you're like fuck we went two hours and there's a hundred things that i thought i wanted to say or i couldn't quite reiterate at the time yeah
1: and you're like oh man you know we got to wait another week like then you forget. Mean, yeah. <laughs> More shit
0: happens. But that's good. We want a constant stream of content, right?
1: That's right. So, uh, yeah, it is the Eastern Conference Preview uh, at PuckPod. You can follow us on Twitter at Coleman42. Uh, let's go, Adam. And, um, you know, our podcast is definitely reaching some far places, Lesko. I was looking at some of the stats earlier, and there's like, you know, Listens that are across the pond in, like Russia and stuff. Remember, remember, I told you originally that there was like some weird listens going on that you don't I don't think it's bots. Yeah, I think it was bots. Like, but these are like one-offs. They're like it's two, two listens, one listen, and it's like, hey, okay, well, you know, that kind of makes sense, I guess. So, but um, Twitter helps, I guess. Obviously, I guess. power of the internet, right? Yeah, you're moving some stuff around. I, I don't know if you've noticed. I know that that you have access to our Twitter uh, handle as well. I don't know if you've noticed. There's been a few more ads, and they're not just like half-naked women with (laughs) not porn bots emojis. You ever get DMs
0: from porn bots? Do I ever? Have you ever messed them back? I've seen like screen caps (laughs) of people who do mess them back, and they like say things like "Yes, I am human," and things you know, (sighs) trying to trick you or whatever. No, I haven't entered. Ask for your credit card or whatever. No, no,
1: no, absolutely not. But yeah, right off the top, uh, we heard the uh, Miko ranting highlight i specifically went out and searched that because of how relieved i was when the news broke that uh, he had officially signed his deal me personally i have him in my uh, keeper pool and i decided to keep him obviously and uh, i was starting to get a little worried so uh you point out let's go there was a, the, a few signings uh over the weekend there and basically we're we're all set no willie Nylanders this yeah,
0: year. yeah everyone was saying earlier in the summer it sounded like with the crop that and how many RFAs there were that somebody was going to sit out, somebody was going to miss time, one of these one of these big superstars. I
1: believe that there would be.
0: It, it sure sounded like it, yeah. but uh, as training camps went worn on and the season's gotten close, you would think that people were saying that Nylander might have been a, an influence on people potentially sitting out because, oh, look, he stood his ground and he got more money or, than they were originally offered. Yeah, but did he, though? Well, now looking at wh- how the market has painted Not itself really. now, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like he got a pretty reasonable deal. <laughs> All of a sudden, Kevin Hayes signs and, a deal. <laughs> and look how it played out for him in terms of you know the scrutiny and, and his subsequent play. So, well,
1: more on William Nylander later in the hours. Yeah,
0: for sure. So Rantanen getting that, uh, you're getting paid though, 9.2, and a little bit higher than some of the other contracts we've seen. But I guess if anyone could have asked for it, it had to be him. Um, brain point aside, because Tampa just, just forces you to take less money. That's just, that's just how <laughs> yeah, it goes. Somehow,
1: uh, we don't know. Even through multiple different uh, GMs, they can still manage to do that somehow, Lesko. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Rantanen, it's it's uh, it's a great contract, I think, for, for both sides. But I do believe that Rantanen ends up leaving money on the table here. And I mean, but really, Lesko, do we have to actually be concerned with the fact that You know, Dubas is unable to have a bit of a strong arm on his free agents. Whereas someone like Joe Sackick, even though he hasn't been a GM for so long, he's been around the league for so long and is a brand name value. And if he tells you, look, it's that or fuck off, they're going to be like, well, I guess I'll take it, you know, because they don't want to fuck off, do they? But then all of a sudden, you strong arm the rookie GM who hasn't really had much experience and you kind of, you kind of get your way. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people saying that I see a lot of it on fucking social media. I don't necessarily buy into it, but I, I appreciate where they are coming from. And I w- want to
0: know where, where you think you I can, I can see how that would be the perception of Dubis after the way some of the negotiations went and some of the numbers that have come out, but at the same time, and I think this has been alluded to some by some people in the media as well, that, um, there's a bit of a change in philosophy as well in terms of, you know, what when these guys are getting paid, how much they're getting paid, and you know, overpaying your stars as opposed to spending money on on midland guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they feel confident they can find value elsewhere, but I think it's a fair contract for Renton too. I mean, he was one of the what top five scores in the NHL last year. Uh, you want him and McKinnon together as long as possible because um, those are two guys who are on individually dominant forces in the NHL right now.
1: Yeah, they can be... They're both line drivers. And I think anytime you see a line in the NHL that features two guys that can drive that line's offensive productivity, you're looking at the best lines in the NHL. you they're both at, monsters, too. Yeah, like they're, they're huge, right? They are. They're big boys, and they're, yeah. they're quick, man. They're very, very quick, very strong. in their skates you're looking at, you know, Colorado, Boston, uh, Tampa Bay. Like, these guys... They all, these teams all have a line where when that line comes over the ice, you know you are basically defending. Yeah. You're skating around, waving your stick around your end. Basically. So. Um, okay, well, what what came what came next? The the, uh, the the Connor one was the last one, correct? Connor was at one point the the last remaining. Or yeah, yeah, so Line
0: A was last week, and Connor was over the weekend, I believe, just a couple days later. Um, both of them getting pretty decent deals. So Connor pulling in more money than Line A, though, which was interesting. Uh, he did outscore him last year, and uh, um, obviously it might be in the good books. I guess the story about Line A after that was when he decided he wanted to clarify some of the comments we talked about on the show a few weeks (laughs) ago and uh what was it what he called a misinterpretation of of facts or something that's what
1: that's what we were talking about in the episode where uh whatever podcast we did where we were talking about this we were saying well you know it could be one of those things where they're able to just say yeah it was lost in translation because the original article was done uh, in finish. and well, you knew he to- was going
0: to blame it on that when he got Yeah, back. I
1: know, and he did. It's it's so obvious, right? Like, just leave me alone. I want to play Fortnite. I got new skins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, That's why we spent his summer, without a doubt.
1: Yeah, no kidding. But, um, I mean, yeah, the contract is good. It's good for Winnipeg. It's it's about time that they got to win Lesko um, because things haven't been going very well uh, for them as of lately. And, and, and they're really getting thrashed around uh in in social media and in the media as well let's go like on radio shows and stuff like i'm hearing people calling in they're asking if people like if the the if the analysts on the radio shows consider the jets even a playoff team at this point in time and you know it, it really makes you wonder how quick or it makes you realize sorry how quick that the game can change all of a sudden because last year at this time the jets were widely considered to be a pl- like not only a, a contender for the playoffs, but a contender for the Stanley Cup, and now a mere ten, eleven months later, they're they're nowhere to be found in, in people's uh, fantasy pool—not fantasy pools, but power rankings, I should say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, we talked about it at length last episode, just how their their defense is completely different and and almost decimated, going from one being one of the best in the league to being like you know having some replacement level guys. I think. If if they can't get big buff back either, I mean, their whole season outlook's got to change a little bit. And, uh, you know, they're going to have a hard time, you know. You can hope that they can figure it out, like do it by committee and, and get by. But I'd say even just the – it's a bit of a – it hits you right in the mor- morale. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like team morale, yeah, and especially when you, you know, a big leader like Bufflin – kind of dips off before camp, but I just had to look up really quickly what the the Line A quote actually was. Oh, okay. He says there was uh, wrong conclusions. That was... Uh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Made, people made wrong conclusions about what he said. I'll give him that, I guess. Somehow. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Well, we'll see what happens on the ice. You know, there's a lot of storylines going into the NHL season here. I mean, you got the you got the Line A, you got the contracts, you got the Mariner, you got the Nylander even. I mean... I know it's a almost a full year after, but this is his fresh start. So he's going to try and play 82 injuries aside and yeah, two years at six, get. seven,
0: five. He's going to want to light it up because yeah. he wants to get paid even more next time. Right. Yeah, so.
1: absolutely. And uh, I mean, I, I feel like Connor making, making more, like you say, than line. A, I don't, I don't think that's, uh, I don't have a really, I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, he, He's more of a proven consistent uh, all around player. I think more than line That that doesn't, Mean to say that I don't think Line A would be, or could be, better than Kyle Connor. I don't, you know, I'm not here to say that or, or, or that to be true or not. It's just uh, at this point in time, I think Connor earns uh, earns what he gets, and Line A does too. So we'll see. Like you said, he's going to go out there and light it light it up and try and try and go back to the buffet table and make some more cash.
0: Yeah, they just got to make more of a player out of out of him. Like you know, they're going to be trying to put turn him into a two hundred foot player and get him. Get him where he needs to be to be a consistent producer.
1: All right, uh, we got to get rolling here. Uh, trying to get into these previews. You want to uh, talk about that Kane, abusive uh, official gets? Yeah, three did you games. watch that? I did. So I we got three games. Times. I'm
0: glad it was the three and not the what they say is often a you know ten. mistakenly called a ten. Dumb. Like a uh, automatic ten. But it was such a weird sequence of events because Buddy's trying to fight him. Eglin's trying to fight him, and. Uh, he, he whacks like what appears to be both the referee and and England. Yeah, I think he got the ref in the arm. He circles back to England and the linesman at this point like ch- chases after him. And, like, <laughs> I know he did not tackle him, but he he tripped him up. Yeah, yeah he tripped stumbled. him up and he fell to the ice. And that only made Kane hotter, right? And I think that might have that might have helped his case a little bit, even though it's unacceptable. He can't yeah. push an official or whatever. But it was in amongst um, part of the ruling, I guess is. is Includes the fact that it was in amongst a tussle with a player where the an contact tussle, yeah. yeah, where the where the contact uh, happened with the referee. But well,
1: like if Kane wouldn't have fallen over if not for the referee, and then after they fell over, the referee didn't need to be grabbing onto him
0: still. Well, I just thought it was really weird how the referee did that at all. Like he he wasn't even near the guy. Like I understand when they're jumping in when guys are jumping guys or there's an end of a fight or whatever it is. It was, it was weird that it was just like an open ice takedown of a player. I know. Like, I, know. I didn't like that at all. No, and, I didn't and, like that. And it. I'm, sure, I'm sure the English NHL would have something to say to that official it's as well. It's preseason.
1: It's preseason. I kept saying referee. It was the linesman, of linesman, course. Linesman, yeah. But, like, I, I mean, it's preseason. Liney just needs to get the fuck out of there. I don't know if maybe Liney is trying to— I don't know if he's just being a hero No, or... he might be going for a job, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well think about it though preseason is a time he's for, out for camp yeah no but think about it that's uh, true that'd be real. right we no, no, should get, I, some, we I am, get the scouting report
0: on this well, guy
1: i'm just saying that i i am right like they do that like they'll oh, have yeah. officials who are on the cusp or maybe going to get a few games they'll get them into those preseason so games. he's just it was a hero move he i don't know i'd like to know who he was and yeah you should actually see who he was look yeah. him up see if it was someone there's
0: actually an interesting twitter account i follow called scouting the refs and it tells you like who is officiating what games and where they're from. I'll tell you to like teams records against certain officials. Really? Yeah. Which That's I thought pretty was cool. interesting.
1: I'm probably going to have to throw that a follow.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay. All right, bro. Let's, let's get into it here. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to start uh, alphabetical order. Once again, same as the Western conference, start with the Boston Bruins and, uh, we're not going to spend too much time. Let's go. Maybe uh, just a few minutes. Three to six is what I'm hoping for. We'll just pick a few of the uh, statistics that we saw that uh, jumped out at us. Um, and like you said before, you know some teams aren't going to be quite as interesting, and that includes some of the good teams, like b- the Boston Bruins, for example. I feel like we're going to get. We're gonna get blasted for from some of our listeners perhaps for not spending much time on Boston Bruins because we don't like them or we lose to them. Well, but I believe reality, somebody
0: said fuck Boston on this <laughs> podcast more than once. So Sure, but the thing is is
1: it's not because we don't like them or whatever. They're just a really good team. They're well, a really they're, good team and they're coming back again and they're almost the same team. So Yeah, um, they
0: didn't they didn't have a lot of turnover. Like it's it's They've been pretty fortunate this past offseason. Uh, you know, biggest subtract, subtraction, I guess, would be uh, Johansson. And uh, retiring now was uh, Lee Stempniak today. Former Leaf. So, former Leaf, great.
1: Got his autograph in Ottawa. One of the
0: worst <laughs> Leaf trades of all time, man. Yeah, you're right. Alex Dean. Anyway, yeah. back to the Bruins. And yeah, they so, lost to Chari, which I believe he ended up down in Florida, I want to say. Um, was kind of a good depth player for them. So um, you wouldn't necessarily say that they... Got better, but they're pretty much the same club, and they were one of the best teams not just in the Eastern Conference but in the league last year. So, yeah, I'd expect the, league, the same yeah.
1: 49 wins, 107 points, second in the Eastern Conference. They were plus 45. Uh, I mean, that's obviously fantastic. If you index their uh special teams, let's go 105.8, that was one of the highest numbers that I typed uh throughout my entire uh my entire preparation for both conferences. So that means they were a uh, third and tied for 16th third on the power play and tied for 16th on the penalty kill. So, I mean, obviously super dangerous on the power play lost in the Stanley cup final last year. Really? The only thing that is a question for me, let's go as far as the Bruins are concerned is at what time are you starting to be concerned with some of the age, uh,
0: the basically the, the rising age of their core. Uh, I think, They've done a good job of keeping young in the last few years, and I think I mentioned that before. And and bringing up a, you know a plethora of young, decent players who've been able to step into the NHL and make a, a decent impact. Uh, you really just got to hope that Bergeron can stay healthy, you know, for a yep. long run. I think he was banged up after last year's run, and uh, Cher is another one too. Krejci is also getting up there, so those three critical players right there that you know you take those guys away and it could have a leave huge holes in the lineup
1: well they've all had significant injuries too in in recent years right so I think that's really the only concern I don't it's not really a, a fair concern because you can say that about any you can say it about anybody but yeah. those are the
0: guys who are just they were they're up there in age and they're such critical players for this team I mean even taking char away and you look at um, uh, Boston's defense and it's it's not scary that's for sure no
1: it's it's blooming but it's you're right it's not really something that you're you're not scared to throw it in a certain corner or something like you are when big Z is out there uh so quick fantasy uh piece of fantasy advice before we move on basically let's go pretty chalky on this one but if you're looking into the Boston Bruins uh you're looking at that top line that's pretty yeah, all, much day. A, all day all day all day and night uh Jake debrusque uh you know he'll rotate up in that top six he's a really good option too. Um, and then I feel like you can probably be safe picking up a guy like Tuka Rask, but I don't know if you should be as confident picking up Tuka Rask as your G one. You might want to get another decent G one. didn't G1. start
0: as many games last year. No, that's and right. Obviously it paid huge dividends Absolutely. for them in the playoffs. Yeah. But uh having okay. a backup like Halak and, and based <clears throat> on his performance last year, uh that's that's pretty good relief. Uh you know, good load management by the Bruins.
1: Okay, Kawhi. So, are um, Boston Bruins in, right? In the playoffs? 100%. Per- chances. That we should have done that. Chances they make the playoffs? 100%. 100%. All right, I'll go with 100% as well. We're moving on to the Boston Bruins, or uh, excuse me, uh, to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Sabres, I think our percentages are going to be a little bit lower than 100% <laughs> here. Let's go. Uh, 33 wins, 13th in the conference, uh, <clears throat> tied for 23rd in goals four. Uh, 24th in the league in goals against. Not great there. Minus 47. Uh, the Power Play Special Teams Index uh, penalty kill was just over 100, so that's not terrible. Uh, 16th and 12th in the league, respectively. A uh, couple of new bodies coming in. They got Andrew Hammond, Curtis Lazar, Jimmy Vesey, and Marcus Johansson. Some pretty decent names there, Lesko. Uh, on the way out, Pommenville. Population of Jason Palmerville has been reduced. Matt Molson. And Scott Weddell. Matt Molson
0: was still there. Was he playing in the minors though?
1: <laughs> I think so.
0: Maybe. <clears throat> I think Curtis got- Lazar just went on waivers again yesterday too.
1: Someone told me in Ottawa they they, they thought I was in I was in school. He was I a first say. rounder. They,
0: for the Senators.
1: They thought that I was Curtis Lazar. That's weird. I looked him up after it was at a restaurant. I was waiting for it's my. Big. I was waiting for my to go order. I don't know. He was just drafted. He was a rookie at that time. And uh, someone came up to me and they were like, are you Curtis Lazar? And I was like, who? And they're like, come on. you know. So they immediately thought I was joking on them. And I wasn't. I was just there to pick up my fucking order. And they wouldn't believe me. And I was like, listen, I'm not Curtis Lazar. I don't even know who that is. And I went to my car and I looked him up and I looked nothing like him. So that's my Curtis Lazar story. Good story. He's now a, buff- <laughs> he's now a Buffalo Sabre. Well, I totally forgot about it even. And they until- put him on waivers. So now yeah. he's a...
0: Rochester, oh, America, right, or whatever the hell their minor league <coughs> right. team is. Yes,
1: of course. So basically, dude, what are your thoughts? I have in here that the Sabers are just not a good. Hawk they're still not
0: think. there. They they can't they can't be. I mean, uh, I you know their goaltending seems to have improved a little bit. Uh, their de- defense is still questionable at best. I mean, it's beyond questionable. They're not they're not good. I mean, Ristolainen, I'd say, is pretty pretty over overrated. I mean, the guy can put up some numbers, but as far as defense goes. Gets walked an awful lot out there. Oh, he gets walked, yeah. but he can
1: score some nice goals though. Oh, but yeah, they don't need that though.
0: Well, I mean, they got they got offense. Offense wasn't their problem last year. They got forty goals from Skinner. They got a shitload of goals and points from from Michael. It's it's more about the rest. What about what the, the, the goaltending? Does see? I, I think it's uh, improved a little bit. I mean, Hutton was all right for them. I don't know.
1: It's going to be a difficult season. I still think still not again. good. I guess. Sabres fans, get the tissues ready. I think it's going to be a tough one. But well, on the, it's been tough for a long time. On the bright side, Victor Olofsson, my fantasy focus. Um, basically, I kept hearing his name um, you know, through training camp and whatever, and then I was listening to some fantasy things, and they were like, you know, this uh, Swedish kid uh, drafted by the Sabres in uh, 2014 He's 24 years old. He's been trying to bust through and make a team, and he's been really lighting it up in camp. So I looked up his stats in preseason. He's just tearing it up. Let's go. Scoring goals, playing alongside Jack Eichel. Even though they just paid Skinner $9 million, they're going to send a $767,500 player to line up next to Eichel and get me some points for my hey, super pool
0: might as well give the guy a shot i mean he's shown that he's produced offense and at every level he's played he did it in the swedish elite league and yeah. did it for rochester you know last year he was one of the one of the better players in the hl's putting up 63 points in 66 games so um why not give this kid a shot and if you're buffalo i mean you got to find it wherever you can because i don't think they're high on the uh the old free agent priority list. Yeah, and true. They're and, not sporting a ton of uh, a ton of cap space either because nope. the, some of the bad contracts they were carrying, you know, Okposo, Molson, I guess, off now, but they still don't have any cap space.
1: Yeah, and you're you know if you're a Sabres fan out there, you're really pumped that you're doing this from within. This is a this wasn't a trade to acquire a guy like Olafson. Uh, I don't even think he was on anybody's radar. Let's go, but like four points in six games played in a brief stint for the sabers uh, towards the end of last season two goals two assists actually came out as a as a plus one uh as well and got one minor penalty don't know what it was for but he served two minutes so i mean he's a guy that seems to be engaged uh, i'm really excited to actually see him get going uh, one thing I hate is when I'm like, oh, you should pick up this guy, and I've never even seen him play for a Then he second. goes on waivers. <laughs> you know, and then it's just garbage. But I remember last year when I pimped Troy Terry, I was I was watching Troy Terry, and I remembered watching Troy Terry for the, uh, you know, like in World Juniors. Maybe I did see this Olofsson kid play for World Juniors. Who knows? Anyways, pick him up. Victor Olofsson. I believe in Yahoo, he is a uh, right-wing, left-wing split. Yeah, he is. He's a left wing, right wing split, so he's dual eligible, which is awesome. So uh yeah, that's my fantasy advice. Uh I mean Eichel obviously is a, a an easy pick as well. So um anything else to note on the Sabres, Let's go before we Nope. Move
0: on. <clears throat> I right. can't wait to go in that building and smash them. Let's <sighs> go to a game there sometime. Yeah, we should. We should go to a game
1: there this year. Sure. That's a good that's a good Get place to go to a, a game, man. You fucking drive there. Yeah. Who cares? All right, moving on, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh Hurricanes obviously having a fantastic season last year, let's go. 46 wins, 99 points. Uh in a tough uh, in a well, it was kind of an up and down metro. Eh? It was everyone was battling for spots in there. It wasn't like the Atlantic where you had these top 3 teams and then, you know, the bottom the bottom rest of them or whatever you want to say. Uh the, the metro was 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 a grind and the uh, Hurricanes did well. They were 16th in the league for goals for at 243, uh, tied for seventh in goals against, which was one of their huge uh, um, bright spots this season. That's a plus 22. Uh, their index uh, special teams is just under hundred 99.4 could be a little better there, but they had a great PK last go eighth in the NHL at 81.6. So they were really good um, at keeping the puck out of the net. That's what those stats scream uh, to me. Obviously had some really good goaltending as well. Um, coming in this year, some uh, interesting names uh, to don the hurricane sweater: Ryan Dezingle, Jake Gardner, Eric Howla, Gustav Forsling, and James Reimer, all NHL-ready guys. Going out, uh, Justin Williams retiring. Uh, Patrick Marleau, uh, who knows where he's going to end up. However, I don't know if they're going to have still a, not in the league. I don't know if they're going to have a jersey retirement in Carolina for Patrick Marlowe and His services, Jeez. <laughs> Calvin you bought him out all right, yeah, yeah. Calvin De Scott Darling, Michael Furling Greg McCaig, former uh
0: Leaf, Greg McCaig. Did he ever play a game? I can't Maybe remember, one. who knows? I can't remember. Um,
1: yeah, a little bit, a little bit of turnover there, Lesko. Some interesting names. Anything jump out at you there?
0: Well, obviously, Jake Gardner acquisition is pretty huge. Uh, good contract for them, uh, outstanding defense and uh i believe you did miss one i guess we talked about it a bunch last week when uh justin Falk getting traded ah out of yes of course yes. but obviously one of the better defense cores in the league uh starting to build up that offense a little bit you know obviously sebastian aho is a big part of that um expecting to be in the playoffs again just a lot of it being based on the quality of competition in that division right now in the metro Um uh, you, you, I'm not really going to pencil in the Blue Jackets this year, unfortunately, uh, yeah. uh, and that, that's probably where their biggest challenge uh, did lie last year, uh, probably going to see a bit more competition, though, from the two uh, other New York teams in uh, the Rangers and the New Jersey Devils. Um,
1: did you see some of these crazy uh this the, well I guess just the one crazy stat that is uh under the notes section here like I I was astounded to find this out so uh December 31st to the end of the season uh Hurricanes played 45 games in that time December 31st to the end of the season their record in those 45 games was 31 12 and 2 so that's 64 points in 45 games if you prorate that over an entire season it's almost 117-point pace, which would be obviously second to only Tampa Bay. So, I mean, again, when we're talking about something that lasted 45 games, I don't think we're talking about a small sample size. That's over half the season where you were absolutely dominating, probably both on the road and at home. Um, Are we anticipating more of that this season or, or, or a slight fallback? I know you say they're going to make the playoffs. I think they can as well i don't know if i'm inching towards 85 or 90 percent yet though
0: i'd peg, i'd peg them to win the division for sure Win the division yeah i don't see why not and they're let's face it they're the carolina hurricanes are built for today's nhl they're fast they move the puck well uh you know their majority of their core is young um outstanding defense puck moving mobile defenseman uh they've got a, they've got a good team and it's good to see them finally come around as well because I thought even in the last couple years leading up to kind of their breakout season, you know, I thought they had showed a lot of potential.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, well, so you got them, you got them leapfrogging over Washington. You got them, you got them beating out Pittsburgh. I could see you have them beating out Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh seems to be a a, a likely choice for the. Uh, talking heads to say you know my one pick to miss this year is going to be pittsburgh everyone seems to be picking pittsburgh everyone wants that hot take right you got to have like you can't just be super chalky so you have to have that hot take i I think i think it's an easy choice
0: i think the capitals you know are probably the ones that are most likely to win other than the hurricanes like they're the the ones they're my clear favorites i'd say caps and i like yeah caps and hurricanes and then obviously i'm high on the devils this yeah, year see so. that
1: i like that i definitely like caps hurricanes being like a not a surprise but like kind of surprising that they're gonna let's say they get somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 points well they got 99 mm-hmm. last year so if they can eclipse 100 points who knows what washington is going to do so yeah i don't think you're i don't think you're too too far off my man like islanders um I don't know if we're going to expect to see them fall back who knows we'll we'll touch on them a little bit later in the uh Well they're not the worried about well. goals anyway so yeah, true. where are we at now true. Um well we were going to uh just do some fantasy advice there for Carolina before we move on. So I think obviously Aho is an easy target on this one, but the reason why I wanted to bring up Aho is because if you're if you're doing a draft or if you're considering a trade and you're not sure, don't be afraid of Sebastian Aho. Sebastian Aho is an elite player in this league, he's going to be absolutely ripping it up. Probably over a point per game, and even after a fantastic season last year, I still feel like he is still trending up. Like he has not reached his peak yet. Um, and in uh, Nino, uh, excuse me, Nino uh El Nino, he was a good surprise. go coming over last year uh, in the trade, thirty points in thirty six games. Uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes, and if he can play with Sebastian Aho, and you can either get one or both of those guys on your on your fantasy team, I think that could be an absolute rip show, and almost kind of coming out of nowhere because you know you got your Nathan McKinnons and your Miko Rantanen, you got your other duos, you know Williams or William uh, William Nealander and Austin Matthews. Sometimes you love to have the dynamic duo. I think a dynamic duo of Aho and Niederreiter could be as
0: good as any in the league if they're firing. In terms of point production, I mean, I owned Aho in my league last year, kept him this year, and uh, really a breakout season for him. Yeah,
1: definitely a good keep. So percentages of making the playoffs, you're feeling 100%, 100%. then? 100%. All right, all right. I'll go with 90%. I don't know. I'll go with 90% because I kind of feel like maybe there might be a step in the backwards direction following the, so- the storm surge. And- better,
0: man. Now they got... They got Jake Gardner. (laughs) Changes everything. Changing my (laughs) percentage to
1: 33. (laughs) 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 All right, let's move on. Uh, Next team, Columbus Blue Jackets. So obviously everyone knows the big uh, off-season story with the free agents. Artemi Panarin. Everyone's gone. gone. That's the story. Adam McQuaid, gone. Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle, who don't really count, but they're gone. Uh, coming in, Gustav Nyquist, Elvis Merzlikens, who has a great name. That's a wicked handle. Uh, uh, I believe he's a goaltender, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, from somewhere else. I did, I forgot to put the hyperlink. I was going to put. Who a is hyperlink their starting on.
0: goalie now? Uh,
1: Blue Jackets, Corpusalo.
0: Ah, so they're yeah. giving him. He was. I thought he was pretty good, actually. Yeah, he
1: was good. Um, yeah. Yahoo's got him ranked at. Uh, well, they've got him ranked to be the starter, but um, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I don't know if this Elvis Merzlikens guy. If you're googling him, you should just kind of see, confirm at least that he's a goalie, because I'm pretty sure that's Make what sure he's is. a real person. Yeah, well, he's definitely real. Uh, kind of sounds like uh, what you said. Yeah, I like that line you use when uh, when you go into dynasty mode too. Oh, when you
0: play too long in dynasty <laughs> mode, yeah, and then. All right. These are the names you end up with.
1: So uh, the Blue Jackets, if we're going through the stats packs, uh, you know it's going to be uh, obviously a lot different uh, from from this year, from last year to this year. Forty seven wins last year, ninety eight points, eighth in the conference. Uh, they were plus twenty five goals for and against. Um, I and mean, we still barely made the playoffs last know, year, yeah. so they're they're out <laughs> for true. me, dog. Awful for me. Awful in the uh, power play, fifteen point four percent, twenty eighth in the league. Fantastic on the PK, eighty five percent. That was good for T one. Um, but I mean, obviously that has a lot to do with their starting goaltender. One of the best goalies in the world, Sergei Bobrovsky, who has obviously moved on to Florida. So really the questions are, um, was it worth it? Let's go.
0: Was it worth it? Was it worth it? I don't know. I don't know how much money they made in that, that playoff run. Good
1: point. What I, what I, I like to think, okay, no, it's not worth it because yeah, they won the round and everything, but Here's my thing. I think it was worth it because it was it was worth it to give the city of Columbus a big win there. Like even for the time being, they knew that they were going to wake up. It was basically Cinderella. You knew you were going to wake up at midnight or whatever, and the pumpkin was or whatever the fuck happened in Cinderella. The
0: thing is, they're in a they're in an okay position because they're not terrible, and they have what eight million in cap space right now, and they still have a lot of good young pieces on that team. So it's not like. There isn't something to continue to build around. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a
1: tough season. I think I don't think anyone really has any expectations for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like, uh, and K- kind of went balls balls to the wall there and made made all the made all the moves to try and get something going, and, and they did. Uh, it was a great first round sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning i mean what a story that was it was almost like they should have continued to go on let's go and uh but you know what what they ran up against Boston obviously and, and got the got got the Boston got the better of them but 18-9-1 against the metro division they were 4-0 against Philly 4-0 against New Jersey 3 and one against the Rangers and 3-1 versus Washington so Talk about um, winning a division, those are the kind of numbers you want to win a division, but unfortunately I don't think it's really in the cards for this year's Columbus Blue Jackets.
0: No, I wouldn't say so and uh, I'm giving them a whole 25% chance of making the playoffs.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll I'll I can't I don't know if I can get to a quarter. I'll, I'll go just under you at 20%. Oh. oh, and I did know that it was Merz Lickens. There's my last note in the prep. What can we expect from the new goaltending tandem of Corpus Allo and Merz Lickens?
0: <laughs> Came from the uh, Swiss A League. <laughs> Played there since 2013. Lugano. Yeah.
1: Look at his I, numbers. Good though. numbers, though. Yeah. yeah.
0: Really good numbers. So. No kidding. Be interesting to see what happens with this guy. Keep a, we'll keep an eye on him throughout the season.
1: Man, 25 years old. What if he comes in and he's just like Vesna Trophy and Columbus wins the division? You're, we're going to have to retire.
0: <laughs> retire the podcast. What do you mean? I mean,. We, the people listening to this probably the first time they've ever heard this guy's name <laughs> Actually, so yeah. now we saw if he, he turns out amazing it'd be like man these, these guys were on him. you're fucking right you're
1: right all right 100% making the playoffs off the off the heels of a fantastic Vesna trophy like season from
0: Elvis Merslickens. like getting the Jennings him and Corpus Allo. like
1: when he just robbed someone man you're like Merslickens,
0: and Elvis has left the building Like yeah <laughs> somebody will say that the first time he wins well, a game that's
1: the Mike Lang that'll club. be over they'll have to call Mike Lang, and make sure that they, that they can use it. Uh, all right, moving moving right along. Detroit Red Wings, uh, also in a state
0: of rebuild. Thirty two wins last year, seventy four points. The finished- longest, slowest rebuild in NHL history. Oh, easy leaf fan. No, I mean the least never rebuilt up until <laughs> a few fucking years ago. Okay, I guess yeah. You. I right. mean, the, uh, Detroit still like working on tearing it down. Like they still have not great contracts hanging around and. Just so many guys that seem to be in the way.
1: Yeah, no, um, horrible. Uh, they were uh, 21st in goals for, 27th in goals against. They were minus 48. Uh, not a great season. 19th on the power play, 28th on the penalty kill index at 95.2%. Not good at all. Um, Iserman's back. Iserman came home. He's the uh, new GM, probably where, right where he should be.
0: That's the big story of the off season. Big, huge story. win for the Red Wings organization. Get to send Kenny Holland to Edmonton, and uh, yeah, good luck, Ken. You get yeah. uh, you get Iserman, who's got to clean up Holland's mess now. You got to get rid of the Franz Nielsen's that are making five million dollars to be here. Yeah, good point. replacement. I don't know what. What the plan was there?
1: Yeah, not not too much uh, in terms of NHL ready players. I mean, we, we we might see some of these names simply because it is a rebuilding season once again for the. Detroit Lots of Urbans. high drop
0: picks lately, so you hope yeah. that those are gonna turn into something if you're them and you know you're a fan of those guys. But uh, I mean, you got to figure the moon moving in the right direction. It's good to see guys like Bertuzzi, you know, finally getting a chance, and um, hopefully Larkin can continue to grow into an elite NHL player. So, well, that's, I mean, there's something there, but they have so much money locked up in old, just old dusters, basically. Yeah, well,
1: they got rid of some of those this year. Uh, Thomas Vanek is out. Nicholas Cronwall and his sideways arse end hits are out. Uh, Martin Furk, he's out there looking for a vowel uh, for his last name. The only, what is it? Like, this has got to be the first and only name I've ever seen that doesn't have a vowel in it. Martin Furk. I mean, come on. Uh, Calvin Pickard, Valtteri Filippula, which I believe is a return. Uh, Patrick Nemeth, Joe Valino, Philip Larson, Adam Ernie. So Adam Ernie comes over from Tampa, so he must be buddy-buddy with Stevie Y. I wonder if they shared a cab or a plane ride to Detroit.
0: Well, Filippula played there too, didn't he? That's what I'm saying. Filippula yeah. is, is a return.
1: Oh, yeah, Filippula was over in Tampa also. Yeah, I had so- to know that
0: Eisenman going to make some moves right away and – I mean, at least you you know right now if you're a Red Wings fan that, that the team is in good hands. He's going to take things in a different direction. And if, you know, what he did in Tampa is any indication. Yeah. It's good good time to be uh, getting a little excited, I think. It's yeah, going take time, obviously. And uh, they've had some high draft picks, but they're going to um, – I think they still got to bottom out more and yeah, keep, keep collecting do. those because they haven't had anything, you know, they haven't had any first yet.
1: Right. The cupboards were kind of stocked, though, in Tampa for Stevie like he didn't you know what I mean he didn't come into what Detroit is right now
0: yeah but you know it's, it's all about making value uh getting value players and drafting and developing guys in you know late rounds that's part of why Tampa is good as they are today so, so speaking of takes, takes time
1: yeah you're right and speaking about yeah I feel like see speaking of time Eisenman's just kind of there a little a little earlier than he arrived to Tampa He arrived to Tampa. They had some solid, solid. Right, right.
0: They were still, they were in decent shape. They're probably in better shape because he didn't have to tear anything down. Yeah, they were up and And I think, I think that's going to happen throughout the course of this season. It wouldn't be, it would not surprise me to see them go on a fire sale at the deadline and really bottom the ship out this year.
1: That's actually a good call. They could really uh, use those assets. Um, Speaking of assets, on your fantasy roster. Um, let's go. I mean, let's be honest. You're basically looking at Dylan Larkin. And then when he's gone, you're kind of just moving Detroit's page over to the, you know, fireplace Cause you're not, a, I don't think you're interested. You might be interested in Anthony Mantha, but I still think Anthony Mantha is only a waiver pickup at best. Dylan Larkin is a draftable player. That's why I like to talk about draftable players. I'm not going to talk about a guy you can pick up on the waiver wire. That's for mid-season fantasy. That's why I love talking about fantasy mid-season because I can actually be like, all right, guys, I've been watching games. This guy looks sick. He's probably not even owned. Oh, look at him up on Yahoo. 2% owned. Plays four times next week. Go pick him up. He scores two goals. Josh looks like a goddamn genius. If he doesn't, who cares? He was a sleeper pickup. You know what I mean? It's kind of a a win-win for me. But it has worked for some of my buddies in the past. So I'm going to keep it up this season. Fantasy talk is definitely going to continue. Uh, what do you think, Larkin? What do you think, Lesko? Larkin, uh, Larkin's it. That's that, it. it. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry about Move on. <laughs> maybe, like I said, maybe Mantha, but that's even a stretch. Uh, I gave him a 2% chance okay. to make the playoffs. <laughs> nice. I, I gave him a 2 because it can't be zero, I guess. <laughs> it Theoretically, can't be it
0: can't be. but...
1: Well, if you had to say between Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa. Which one of those would be the best opportunity to get back? Not saying that they did, but if you had to choose one of those teams, which one did, would you think would have the best opportunity? Buffalo. It has to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was reading that but somewhere. Really, none. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. The the, the question wasn't know, which know, one's gonna know, make. I know, I know. It was like if you had to choose one. Like, but I think if I'm a fan of those three teams, that here's a better question: If you're a fan of one of those three teams, which which team are you more excited to be a fan of? In those instances, my answer is Ottawa. I think Ottawa is gonna be in in good shape in in, in not too 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 long here. They have some fantastic prospects. If they can hang on to those guys, they're gonna be in pretty good shape here. We'll talk about them a little bit later, but. Yeah, answer it. You don't want to... Yeah, What, Ottawa? No, like which which, which, which fan base would you w- want to be a part of at this moment in
0: time if you had to choose between, Oh, like what's the, the outlook? Like how yeah, optimistic yeah, like, would you be? Yeah,
1: like I'm going to jump on the bandwagon of the Detroit Red Wings right now. Like I, I would don't probably know. choose Ottawa. Ottawa's
0: just, everything's been so negative. Oh, so I know. Yeah,
1: you're right. Okay, I'm not talking about that though. Just the on-ice product. I guess if you're <laughs> going to look at like prospects. roster-wise, if you're just yeah. going to
0: look roster-wise, like Ottawa has done a good job restocking the cabinets and bringing in a lot of great great looking prospects. yeah so, like you know how buffalo but develop is development aspect of it is very important but there's also spaces on that team i mean they cleared everybody out they're yeah, not true they're not signing any plugs like there's not there's not a lot to tear down they're at the point where they can build up they did it you know relatively quickly over two years so. yeah
1: and that's kind of what i'm getting at with especially as it relates to buffalo uh because it just feels like they've taken much much too long to become act- to actually become good, you know? Right. They should have been good by now. Like at least the Oilers became
0: good sort of.
1: Well, they were and they made the playoffs and they were doing really well and then all of a sudden it just went to shit. So like there there hasn't been that moment where the Sabers actually became good. And I think that maybe in 3 4 years I think the Sens could have that season where all of a sudden they're
0: good when they're they good. become competitive Yeah, again.
1: kinda like when we became what we were in twenty sixteen. The team right. was real and we actually made the fucking playoffs. Right. On the on on the last day of the season or the second last day of the season or whatever it was, you know? So, so a nice surprise. So that's so what
0: I think. Who, who who uh finishes last though? Detroit or Ottawa? Well
1: see, I think if again, I think even though Ottawa is in, in good shape, I think it's again it could be important to get another big pick. Well, I think
0: they're getting one regardless. Yeah, you're right. They're going to be in that territory. But isn't there one player coming
1: up in the upcoming draft that's got everybody talking? Well, this
0: draft altogether is considered to be very deep. Oh, it is. Eh? Yeah, is very this the deep. Like, the, draft? like numerous top-end talent is going to be available apparently in the first round of this draft. That's kind of the early early uh scouting reports i've read so
1: because they have foreman to know (laughs) ottawa does right and he his his call is his skating his skating ability right he just flies down the ice apparently he has mcdavid like speed but that's pretty interesting for a scout to say anyway uh all right so moving right along uh florida panthers um interesting season last year let's go where the team i feel like was
0: when it. are they going to turn the corner? That's the storyline about Florida. Well, it's got to be now. When are they going to turn a corner? I mean, they got the goaltending short up. They got the coach. Bobrovsky, they got a great coach. Uh, I mean, it's, it's now or never. It's do or die for these guys. And, and Aaron Eckblad, there's a guy, too. He's got to have himself a year.
1: Well, I mean, so top 10 in goals for. They were ninth. Guess where they were in goals against? Not good. 28th. All right, that's way too big. That's way too big. You can't be you can't be ninth in the league in goals four and be minus nine. That's that's the only statistic that I'm really taking away off this entire page is you were ninth in the league in goals four and you were minus nine.
0: Yeah, outstanding offense. You not can't. getting the goaltending. I mean, our poor boy there, James Reimer, got lit up last year, and Luongo was never really a hundred percent either. So.
1: Second on the power play. So again, the goals, not a problem whatsoever. Top 10 in goals, top two in power play at 26.8%. Let's go. Only Tampa was better. That's an awesome power play. Penalty kill, 10th. So still 81.3%. How about this index? 108.1. I told you 105.8 was one of the highest numbers I wrote. Apparently I was way off. 108.1, that's ridiculous. What a score. Panthers, special teams killing it. Uh, Quenville's in, so we'll see what the special teams do there with a new coach. Okay, that's going to be a little bit of an adjustment there, but I mean, come on, um, the new coach paired with the addition of one of the best goaltenders available. Uh, I mean, let us let's, let's be honest, goaltenders like that do not reach free agency. So the fact that uh, Dale Talon was able to go out and pick up an old an old friend uh, in Joel Quenville and then set him up shop with Sergey Bobrovsky. I think big things are coming here for the Florida Panthers this year.
0: They'll compete for a playoff spot without a doubt. I'm on sixty percent sixty yeah i'm still I'm still not convinced. oh boy still not convinced. I mean they've been good every year they like good on paper anyway, or like convince you or trick you into thinking they're good. They also brought in anton Strawman and Brett Connolly. I just don't think they're better than most of the playoff teams or teams that you would put in the playoffs right now. Even looking at all the teams last year, other than, say, Columbus right now, yeah, all okay. the playoff teams in the East, I don't see them better being better than any of those teams.
1: Well, I mean, I only really, I only really did it because uh, he hadn't yet signed there, but everyone was talking about Bobrovsky signing there. So I took my last $20 on Sports Interaction and put it on the Panthers to win the cup this year.
0: Not like I'm going to be cheering for them or anything. Oh, you will, but you watch, watch, (laughs) if you watch. Oh, well, man, like they make the playoffs, you're going to be like right invested in that,
1: bro. If I make the playoffs, I'm going to be like, this is cool. Like, we'll see. They're not going to play the (laughs) least in the first round. So, you know, whatever, if they win the first round, great. Like, let's see what happens here. But anyway, point is, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting because they were, they were pretty low on the odds. Like the odds were a good payout. It's it's, it's almost 1100 bucks. I think, is the payout on a $20 bet. So those odds were pretty good. And then when they signed Bobrovsky, those odds got cut in half. So I was like, oh, cool. Like I could cash out and make a few dollars. I think I could cash out and make like $27 or something. So they were going to offer me $7 to take my bet back, basically. Fair enough. Yeah, which kind of makes me feel good. I was like, no, I'm going to hang on to this and then have to give you all 20 of it when it does happen. <laughs> All right, so you're at sixty percent. I'm gonna go with eighty. I'm feeling really confident uh, in the Florida Panthers uh, to get something going down there and, uh in Miami. So I'm I'm looking forward to the season. Fuck, it starts tomorrow, man. I can't wait. Like tomorrow, this time we're gonna be watching puck. It's oh yeah, fucking fantastic. Uh, all right, let's uh, move it along. Montreal Canadiens. So Montreal Canadiens just missing out on the playoffs. Let's go ninety six points. Um, that sucks. How do you miss the playoffs with ninety six points?
0: Being in the Atlantic. <laughs> fucking division that's right? pretty tough man ninth in the conference 40, 44 they, ch- they really charged along towards the end of the yeah, year they did they yeah, did they it w- did they closed they closed the gap in the leafs a little bit towards the end of the season i think i think maybe what we saw later in the season be a better representation of them they got weber back i think that made yeah. a huge difference for that team um not just what he brings on the ice but i mean he's a huge leader for that organization as well um that they, they man, they've got some, they've got some nice young pieces on that team. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if they take the next step here and and you know really compete for a playoff spot or you know they're right there all year because it seemed as if Montreal was out of it. I felt like you know they were lagging behind in the Atlantic Division for a majority of the season.
1: If uh, for me, dude, <coughs> for me, if Kerry Price is Carey Price, then. I'm probably good with 100%. 100% they're going to make the playoffs. If Carey Price is Carey Price, I don't know how they don't make the playoffs. And fine, if they're not going to get into the top three, so be it. That doesn't mean that they can't get a wild card position. Okay, That doesn't mean that they can't be better than the fourth and fifth place teams in the Metro. Okay, so I understand your point about the Atlantic Division, and I agree wholeheartedly. But there becomes there comes a time where you're not you don't care anymore about the Atlantic division. You care about the Metro and you're now trying to beat out the fourth or fifth place team in the Metro for the wild card. Right? So I would be confident in giving carry price a nod over any of those bubble teams in the Metro. So it really comes down to that for me, dude. And I, I hate to, I hate to, to put it on one player that way, but if you're going to put it on any kind of player, it may as well be the goalie, right? I mean, if you're not getting the goaltending, we just talked about it in Florida. If they had someone that could have done goaltending, Florida would have been in the playoffs by a fucking mile, dude. They were top 10 in goals and power play, everything, and then they couldn't keep it out. So you give them a goalie, they're getting in. If Montreal has a goalie, they're fucking getting in. I just don't know what to expect from Kerry Price this
0: year. I think, I think we can count on him being Carey Price, and I think that's... You know, that would be why you'd peg them for a playoff team. So I'm going to say 80% on Montreal. Um, I like that they have a lot of fast, you know, they're a fast young team. They're well adjusted to to today's game. Uh, I, I don't like their center depth 100%. Like, I, I'm not convinced on all these guys. I know Deneau really emerged for them last year, and he was a big story and uh, probably will continue to be their first line center unless, for whatever reason, they decide to throw Domi up there. Uh, but I'm not really convinced on that aspect of them. But are they good enough to make the playoffs? I don't see why not.
1: Okay. Um, what'd you say, sorry?
0: Eighty? Eighty. Eighty. See, that's pretty
1: solid. That's where I was at with Florida. So you think that we might flip flop there. I might be putting Florida in and you're gonna put you're gonna put Montreal. In. And that's a good debate. Who do we think is gonna get in this year? Who's coming out? Who's going in? You got the likes of Florida pushing in, I got the or sorry, Montreal pushing in, I got the likes of Florida. That's what makes for a good season, man. Anything can happen. It's always difficult with these
0: predictions. What do you got right? for fantasy, bud?
1: Uh, fantasy, so, I mean, I was just talking about Carey Price. I don't know what to expect, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, in looking at his numbers there last year, he was he, he was solid. It was two years ago we had that, he had that less than stellar year. And then you're right. He didn't have a great first half, Lesko, but then absolutely fantastic uh, in the second half pushing for playoffs as well, just missing. Um, Brendan Gallagher. Um, Brendan Gallagher I wanted to bring up because – Uh, Basically, Lesko, what makes him uh, really valuable for me is he shoots a ton. And in most cases uh, in your fantasy leagues, shooting is a category that's scored um for points so it's good to have a guy that shoots a lot obviously let's go because you're going to generate things like rebounds and assists are given to the guy that shot the puck so oftentimes you're getting a bit of a cheapie there if you shoot off a goalie's pad and uh it's a rebound goal you'll take that point all day uh from brendan gallagher so him and, and also max domi i think uh goes without saying uh, i think you can expect a pretty solid uh season on the point scoring for max domi
0: those are the guys who are gonna put up points for the team i drafted gallagher the other day so uh, and I usually never drop Montreal Canadiens players.
1: Oh is that don't tell me is it like a thing?
0: I it's just like, I, it just happens to work out that way oh, maybe okay. like I and <laughs> I have a couple Montreal fans in the pool so I think they always snipe them up but I ended up getting Gallagher. I was like he, he scores goals and I kind of hate him, so maybe maybe I won't hate him as much <laughs> yeah, if he true. if he lights it up this year. I had Petrie last year, and he was solid. And like every time my
1: phone went off, and it was a Montreal goal, I was like, guaranteed, it's Petrie. Well, and he took a, a lot of power Assisting play minutes,
0: Weber. I think, yeah. when Weber was down as well. Yeah, you're right. He did. Yeah, yeah
1: you're you're right. Um, okay, so uh, let's keep her going here. New Jersey Devils. So obviously, an interesting team here, finishing fifteenth, uh, second last in the Eastern Conference with seventy two points last year. Uh, They were T25 in both goals for and goals against, minus 52, not good. Uh, The power play, also not good, 21st in the league at 17.7%. The one bright spot, let's go, the the penalty kill, uh, 4th in the league at 84.3. And if you remember, 85 was the uh, three-way tie for uh for first. So it says fourth, but I guess it's technically second, if you know what I'm saying. There were three teams tied at eighty-five percent. So if you factor that, they were the <laughs> second second best uh penalty killing team in terms of the numbers. Index the two at one oh two. Um you know pretty bad. They're gonna need to improve upon those stats. Lesko and I think a healthy Taylor Hall, the addition of Jack Hughes uh are, are gonna be big. Um obviously they brought in Obviously, uh, sorry, also Nikita Gusev and PK Subban and Wayne Simmons. So there's been a lot of new huge offseason, big names. Yeah, huge offseason. Uh, basically, the only players that they've lost, let's go, are Drew Stafford and a couple of guys that I didn't even want to type. <laughs> We're worth the time no, to type their names out. Some of these guys still aren't really that that worth it like no offense to those players or whatever but come on i mean we're doing a podcast at a kitchen table here so <laughs> go fuck yourself but uh yeah like the team is is definitely not the same team but it is the same team with a couple of key key additions a possible rookie of the year candidate first overall jack hughes wayne simmons big body power forward loves to drive the net pk suban big personality bro something that a team like new jersey could probably use anything know?
0: to put some butts in the seat yeah in new jersey. yeah mean, that's kind of that. what i'm getting at. yeah
1: and nikita gusev the cup has already been handed to new jersey i believe they're engraving it as we speak <laughs> because of the acquisition of nikita gusev but all joking aside it's going to be a really interesting year and i, I think um not to not to dive into the fantasy because i don't really know who to tell you to, about taking in fantasy i'd be okay with grabbing a piece of any of those big-name guys uh, from the New Jersey Devils, whether it be Taylor Hall or or maybe going out late and and taking a flyer on a guy like Jack Hughes. If you're in a dynasty or a keeper league, why not select Jack Hughes? You don't really know what you're going to get until you see that on-ice product, and there's a lot of firepower on that team. I think it's going to be really exciting. I bet you the Devils are one of those teams, Lesko, where you see people flock to the waiver wire and try and pick up – Someone like a Kyle Palmieri or something like that, you know, just to get a piece of that second line power play.
0: Yeah, I would expect to see some offense uh, out of the New Jersey Devils this year. Obviously, the the additions of Hughes and Gusev and two players that you know I've never seen really play before, maybe outside of Hughes in the World Juniors. Uh so I'm I'm kind of interested I, I when's the last time someone said this I'm I'm interested to watch the New Jersey Devils play <laughs> hockey
1: That's a really good question. Yeah
0: so it, it, you know they could be a lot different team than we've seen in I don't know forever from those guys so uh, they'll be exciting to watch, I think, and you know I, I think they're going to compete for a playoff spot. Absolutely, I mean, I'll put them kinda... up. I'll put them up at the seventy percent. Oh wow! I'm okay, not high on. Them. I
1: was going to go. Like I'm... I said, I'm
0: higher on New Jersey probably than most people right now. Okay, but it just I I really like the the ballsy moves they made. I know I getting the first overall pick helps. Well,
1: and Nico, he sure... We're kinda... But I mean,
0: not only did they get that first overall pick, but they went okay. Time to capitalize. And it also makes your team a little more appealing to players. But, I mean, they went out and acquired these guys. They went and traded for Gusev uh, well, to get his signing rights. And they also tr- made that trade for P.K. Subban. So, yeah, that's right. Those are two really, really ballsy moves out there. You know,
1: I did mention Kyle Palmieri. He might be the guy that you want to look out and uh, to grab uh, the lines as per daily faceoff. Here shows Kyle Palmieri skating alongside Nico Hischer. And uh, Taylor Hall Hughes uh, lines up with Gusev. and then of course my favorite NHL player, Blake Coleman, playing uh, third line left wing, bringing bringing uh, some fame to the name. Let's go!
0: Someone's got to do it for you,
1: Bud. I've never there. I think the only Coleman that's ever played in the league was a African American goaltender that played briefly for the Tampa Bay Lightning, Gerald Coleman.
0: That's a wonderful fact. <laughs>
1: I'm full I'm full of interesting facts today, right? Um
0: so where are we at? New New York?
1: Yeah, I thought I had some interesting points on the devils. Oh, tie for twenty eight and save percentage, dude, at 895. Oh yeah, of course. That's yeah. Gross. That's that's the
0: other thing I forgot to Schneider. mention. Snyder. Snyder, yeah. So he's gotta come back to form. If Snyder is, is the Corey Snyder that we know or that we thought we knew, you know, and <laughs> AK one top ten, top five goalies in the game, then they're making the playoffs. My set my 70% of game was totally contingent on him returning okay, to form. That's fine. Right?
1: That's a fine thing and to I'm say. And I'm sure
0: if you're in New Jersey, you're you're giving them a shot to do that, obviously. They need that. And that's why, you know, Kincaid's gone this year, because he took the bulk of the starts and got absolutely shit kicked last year. Every
1: every time. Every single time you say They are who we thought they were. I just can't. I can't because all I hear is fucking Dennis Green. You know, like they are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. You know, if you want to, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. (laughs) He gets all mad, I'm like, our we the, thought they were yeah moves the moves the microphone like, that's an
0: all time. it is an all time well, it's like when you always say that's what I'm saying, I always want to say that's <laughs> what I'm saying, Bruxy. like
1: says out here
0: yeah, anytime anyone says that's what I'm saying, well, that's what I'm saying, Bruxy. <laughs> that's
1: amazing, all right, yeah, get the fuck uh, out of here all right, so you went you <laughs> went with a, you went with a seventy. Um, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay at copping out. I'll I'll go fifty-five because I don't want to do the on the fence thing. So I will do fifty-five. I'll lean. I'll lean towards the towards that they they have a better shot to get in. But
0: I'm being real generous. On the prove percentage. it. They got to prove it to me.
1: Um. All right, moving right along. New York Islanders, forty-eight wins, one hundred and three points, fourth in the conference. Got rid of John Tavares and apparently got rid of the dead weight and became a much better team. Much no, better. I'm just kidding. I think it was all. Uh, combination of Barry Trotz coaching and a phenomenal season for both Robin Leonard and Thomas Grace uh, the goals against 191 first in the NHL they were plus 32 thank goodness for that because they were 22nd in the league goals for it. if there wasn't for their goals against and their basically their overall goaltending they would have been completely fucked
0: yeah they were a great team defensively and obviously outstanding goaltending but if you're if you're the Islanders, how the fuck haven't you resigned? Why didn't you resign, Robin Leonard? Like, do we know why? Was there a story out there? If anybody no. out there can tell us why,
1: dude, there has to be because we talked about it when we did the Chicago Blackhawks hour, right? Or hour, the Blackhawks <coughs> segment. I said, why? Why would they only <coughs> give him one fucking year? He's a he's a Vesna nominee. Won the Masters Masterton Trophy for being pers. For perseverance, that's such, a, that's
0: such a Lamorello thing. I feel like just being being like, ah, well, you know, you're not that good. We only want to give you this much. And yeah, but then why did Chicago only
1: give him one year? I, that's why you're yeah, saying if there's something out there, let know. us know because maybe there is.
0: I don't know. Well, we already know he's had his personal issues in the past. So, right. I don't know if there's more t- more to that, but I'm not going to speculate or anything like that. But that's it's going to be tough for the Islanders to replicate. I know a lot of its systems. And, you know, they play very good team defense. But let's be honest here. A huge part of that was Robin Leonard. And unless Varlamov can give them that, and I'm not 100% convinced he can, I don't even see them as a playoff team. I agree.
1: Well, that's what I was getting at before, right? If they don't have that goaltending, it is lights out. So Leonard's out. Uh, Semyon Varlamov comes in, so he'll be the new guy um i mean basically it kind of comes down to this let go do islanders fans have the faith in barry trotz to basically replicate what he did last year that's all it's gonna that's all it's gonna be you got to replicate last year but the problem is let go is i feel like there was a bit of a shock factor there for the new york islanders in the way that they lost their captain and there was some anim- animosity there and they had uh they felt like they had to prove something but basically what did they prove? They didn't like go out there and run rampant over the NHL, scoring all kinds of goals or anything. They basically just kept the kept the goals out.
0: Well, and they were a totally different team, so there is that element of surprise when teams compete against them for the first time. Because you know you might have a an idea of this team's players or the way they play the game, and then all of a sudden they get a new coach and bring in a lot of new, different players. It totally changes your impression of that team. So you know it happens often when teams make a significant change that. Uh it's a little different, and your strategies have to change. your offense might change a little bit, so
1: yeah, I'm low too, man, not low, low, but I'll go about sixty percent I'll give give them forty percent okay, so you you're you're thinking for sure that so if you're doing your eight they're one they're one for you that's coming out and and like a team from Montreal that you like is going sure, kind of thing, okay, it's gonna be interesting, man there's gonna be a lot of wild card shit going on i they're gonna have to change the. It's format. It's going to be close again. They're I gonna mean, have to change the format, man. It doesn't there's make one any thing sense. the
0: NHL has been able to manufacture. It's this parity in the standings, right? And you know, every team kind of being almost in it for the majority of the season with only a few outliers that are out yeah. and actually um, in a position to rip, rip it all apart and tank. Yeah, true, true. All right, let's move on. Uh, New York
1: Rangers, twelfth uh, in the conference. They were minus forty-six. Uh, Not scoring a ton of goals, tied for 23rd, actually 23rd in both categories. Um, 97.6 if you index our special teams, nothing to write home about, under 20% and under 80%, uh, respectively. A lot of uh, turnover, though, uh, Lesko, for the Rangers uh, coming in. They get the bread man, probably the biggest uh, free agent out there, Um, maybe other than Bobrovsky, but I'd probably argue that Panarin was a bigger ticket anyway. Uh, Capo Caco, obviously at the second overall pick, he comes in, loves living in New York, posted a funny video about it. Uh, Jacob Truba comes in from Winnipeg, Greg McKeg and Adam Fox, uh, who basically let's go for our listeners that don't know Adam Fox. Adam Fox is the new Jimmy VC. Um, oddly enough, Jimmy VC, who is now gone, uh, to Buffalo along with Shattenkirk and Pionk. Uh, they're not gone to Buffalo. They're just also gone, but VC uh, decided to not, play for his draft team, which was the Nashville Predators. Am I right there? Can I believe you believe somewhere. I think it was Nashville. I, I, I'm talking out my ass right now, but we'll see anyway. So he decided not to play for his draft team and became an unrestricted free agent um, and then went to the Rangers, because that's what he wanted to do. So Adam Fox is doing the same thing. I believe Adam Fox was drafted by the Calgary Flames. Yes, you, he was. You
0: just keep you you're just keep naming teams till you got it right. No,
1: I was right about that. Adam Fox drafted by Calgary.
0: Well, you said you said. Uh... Nashville first.
1: No, Jimmy Vesey was drafted
0: by Nashville. Oh, okay. I believe. How about Jimmy Vesey still?
1: No, no. I was. I'm saying Adam Fox is the new Jimmy Vesey because Adam Fox right, said, right. "Fuck you, Calgary. I'm going to the Rangers." Well, Jimmy Vesey said, "Was fuck he the you. last guy to do that?" Yeah, "Fuck you, Nashville. I'm going to." New York. So all these Harvard grads, because they're both Harvard grads, by the way. Right. That's what is also <laughs> making him the new Jimmy VC. They're both Harvard grads. They both said "fuck you" to their draft team. Wanted to go to the Big Apple.
0: There's always a lot of hype around these guys too. I find like, there is hy- a lot of hype v- around Vesey Fox. Got, got paid basically from that.
1: Yeah, you're right. And there is there is actually some uh, some some high expectations for for Fox. Um, he's 21 right now. Uh, he's a defenseman puts up the points dude so um, at Harvard University over a point per game uh, in all three of his seasons so pretty uh, pretty decent player we'll see what he turns out to be for the New York Rangers but hey man if him and Truba can make sense of that back end for the Rangers and you know help Henrik Lundqvist out and if Lundqvist can have a a nice full season I think they can uh, at least make some noise I don't Think anyone's expecting them to make the playoffs but realistically at this point dude like there's only a couple teams in the conference that you can say with the utmost certainty that they are not making the playoffs right you know are what the mean?
0: rangers one of them i don't think so i i i'm i'm really i i don't know what to think about the rangers this year just because they did draft kako and he's you know, know. pretty highly touted and they signed, they signed panarin which is absolutely huge defense gets better with fox and truba so you know, after the Rangers looked, you know, abysmal last year, there is there is some hope on the horizon here for this team. I and think so. I kind of like it, especially because you got Lundquist there. And I kind of thought, okay, when it came out that Lundquist was going to stay there for the remainder of his career, which I, I thought, thought that was, was kind of unfortunate. Yeah, I you know agree. what I mean? Like <laughs> I he's agree. well, a guy who got so close, and you want he's one of those guys that you want to see succeed. So. I like that the Rangers are are making a quick turnaround on this rebuild. I know it's not over yet. It's still, what, year two, I think, of this rebuild. Right. But it's nice to see them start making additions, and I think getting Panarin certainly expedites the rebuild for them.
1: Well, here's the biggest stat before we move on. Uh, As far as fantasy is concerned, I personally would love to go after both of the additions to the New York Rangers, both of the big additions up front, I should uh, specify. Uh, The Breadman or Timmy Panarin and second overall finish sensation capo cacco i'd love to have capo cacco on my team because i feel like i could make some sort of funny name for my pool uh team name out of capo cacco i can think i'm of like just saying it, it's fun yeah i know it's true um the interesting stat before i move on let's go 16 wins in 37 times when they scored first they only won 16 out of thirty-seven games where they scored first, now I don't have the statistics. I'm sure I could have googled it, but I'm pretty sure everyone knows it's common knowledge that there is an overwhelming statistic that says you are going to win this hockey game
0: almost well, if you typically score first. have winning records in that situation, so it's really an indicator of a bad team, right?
1: Like that's crazy. Half, half of the games. Oh, sorry, more than half. Or ugh. My God, less than half. You won less than half of the games in which you scored first in. That's terrible. That can't. So that, for me, I think that's just a freakish stat. That's why I'm bringing it up. You're looking at me like I'm bringing up a weird stat. It's a freakish stat, which I think can't be expected to happen again, which means that those are more points. Those are way more points on the board when you don't have such a ridiculous offside statistic like that.
0: Yeah, I still don't see them as a playoff team necessarily, but I think I think they could compete. Everything goes well for them.
1: Yeah, well, everything... that And that's the thing, right? There are going to be injuries to teams. There's going to be cold streaks. There's going to be rough patches, road trips, whatever the case may be. So when we're looking at all these teams trying to figure out who we're, who we're going to take out, it's really difficult to do that. And that's why I say there's only a couple teams where I can say with absolute certainty they are not making the playoffs. So, and the next team is one of those it's the ottawa senators the nation's capital 16th in the conference only 29 wins 64 points uh they didn't do too terribly lesko in terms of scoring goals they were about middle of the pack scoring goals absolute worst in the league goals against 301 they were minus 59 it's very rare to have a goals against number that starts with a three so they really (laughs) gave up a ton of goals in ottawa um, power play not awful 99.5% if you index the two um, A lot of uh, Turnover in the last couple of years From this team go. obviously a lot of big trades The big trade here in the offseason was With the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, So coming in we've got Connor Brown Nikita Zaitsev, Tyler Ennis Ron Hainsey stop me if you <laughs> Recognize any <laughs> of these names uh, They come over from the Leafs A couple of former defensemen uh, A couple of former uh, Spark plug forwards if you will Artem Anisimov also comes in. Ryan Callahan, I believe, comes in basically so that they don't have to pay him any money because it's some sort of
0: insurance-related uh I remember reading something. Yeah, about the, I, I thought it was funny that you even included them. Like, well, usually, it, on, and it's like guys who are actually going to play for the team. Yeah, right? true.
1: But it was an interesting one to include because if you remember that contract, right? They only have paid, to pay him like a million bucks it's or paid, something. Yeah. yeah, it's paid by insurance. His contract is paid by insurance, so they only have to pay him his base salary, which is like six, seven hundred and fifty dollars or seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something like that. That's all they have to pay him. So it comes out of Eugene's pocket. That's it. So that feels that feels like a win uh, for, <laughs> for Eugene, and he could definitely use a few of these. So, um, basically let's go last year was the first official year of the rebuild. And now one, one year forward, they've also moved on from Cody CC comes over to Toronto. Uh, Zach Smith, Mike Condon, a couple of other guys, Ben Harper al- al- also comes over to Toronto. So, y- you know, you can start to see the turnaround on this team. They ink, uh, Thomas Shabbat to a, a, an awesome eight year deal. Awesome for the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we talked about that a couple episodes ago or last week, whatever it was. But um, what do you think, Lesko? We we talked about it briefly earlier, so we don't have to spend much time here. But I, I do feel like the team is, is is definitely inching
0: closer to a time where there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think they can yeah. already see it. There's there's definitely, I think, still in tank territory. But yeah. at least this club has brought in, like we said, a number of great prospects. Uh, they you know they're getting they do have a first rounder at the end of the end of the season this year. So I, I you know. They might as well stick around in tank territory, but I like how they have at least cleared space so that they have given opportunities and and minutes available to their young players, and they can start working on developing these guys. And you know, it's, there's only so long where you can stockpile these guys, but if you don't have a, a development plan for them, it, it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah,
1: it's true, and you know, it's funny. Let's go. When I was looking at this one hyperlink that I have there, it's basically just an NHL.com article on the top prospects for the sense. I'm thinking to myself, like, is it ever funny how sometimes teams just mold into uh, like you said, a factory? So Nashville is a bit of a factory for defensemen. Ottawa's kind of been that way too. Like, has Ottawa not always had a very, very solid blue line? Like when the team was good? I don't mean like right now and everything, but you know, they've always had these some big ticket names and some and some quiet names, some 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 soldiers that used to play for them, like Anton Volchenkov, like when he was in his prime, laying guys out and blocking five thousand shots <laughs> a year. You know, Chris Phillips was was uh, such a steady rock back there for them for so many years. Obviously, Wade Red and Chera, they had to make a decision. They probably made the wrong one, and by probably I mean absolutely. Like you know, so they, they've had now they've got Eric Brandstrom. Uh, they got Thomas Shabbat. Like they've got some big names uh, coming through the D core. So uh, if you know, as a Leaf fan, that makes me a little bit jealous, to be honest with you, because we've never really looked at our pipeline of defensemen and thought, "Oh boy, like here we go." You know, and it's kind of looking that way lately. We'll get at We'll we'll talk about it later with Sandine and, and Timothy Liljegren. But you know things are definitely looking up you talked about the young forwards they got guys like batherson logan brown alex formanton coming up as well like things are definitely looking up for the senators but i think really i'm comfortable putting them at a zero i think this is one of the teams where i can put at a zero a zero yeah come on are okay. they gonna make it man like you know what was it no. here they allowed 219 goals while it would five be a modern five.
0: day fucking miracle if they made the yeah. playoffs so like, i mean go ahead but like i said bottom out Go for that first overall. You actually have a chance of getting it this year. Uh, you don't have to worry about coming in last. So just, just go for it. Yeah, it's true. You know, get it over with. And you know, hopefully, you can continue to see some growth out of these young prospects
1: for fantasy. I think I would jump into the pool for Thomas Shabbat and then
0: jump right back out of it. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. Brady Kachuk. That might be yeah. your only. Yeah, other if you're in a bangers league, interest, but yeah. that's about it.
1: Yeah, bangers league would be good for hits and penalty minutes and stuff like that for to have him as well. But uh, last quick one there. They've got five picks. They've got five picks. Lesko, go in the first two rounds next year. Um, I don't know how deep that draft is projected to be or whatever, but uh, pretty interesting to note nonetheless. Uh, all right, let's burn through uh, the rest here. We only got a few more. Uh, Philadelphia Billy. Flyers. Gritty. Uh, okay, 11th in the conference, um, 18th and 29th in goals for and against. They were minus thirty minus 39. Uh, power play and uh, special teams, penalty kill 95.6. Not great. Uh, Kevin Hayes comes in with his ridiculous contract. Matt <laughs> Niskanen, Justin Braun. You ever get paid? Eh? I know. What was it, 7 mil? Oh, I don't know. I have it clicked here. I'll click on it anyways. But moving out, uh, Radko Gudis, Ryan Hartman, Yori Letera. Um, So they lose a little bit of grit and gusto uh, with Radko Gudis and Ryan Hartman taking their fists elsewhere. And yeah, um, Kevin Hayes, uh, $7.142 million signed through 2025-2026 is when that will end. And he has a no move. Modified no trade.
0: Apparently, Kevin Hayes is their post-Jeroux succession plan. Or <laughs> I what? don't know, man. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, um, they got I guess. Couturier is the big gun there now yeah, anyway. Yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, Alain Vigneault comes in as the new head coach. Uh, some interesting points. The Flyers went through eight goaltenders last year. It was basically a disappointing season uh, for the Flyers. Special teams were their, were their major downfall um many, you know, many thought that the Flyers were gonna be that team that takes that step ahead last year. Um, but unfortunately they fell back. And you know, Lesko, this is one that I was really excited to talk to you about. Remember remember two years ago they went ten straight losses and everyone thought the sky was falling, and then they followed it up with ten straight victories. I don't
0: know if you recall.
1: They had a ten game losing streak, right? And then a ten yeah. game winning streak, really close to each other. It yeah. wasn't immediately after. It might have even been immediately after. We said this
0: repeatedly about them last year that they're not as bad as as that losing streak indicated. True. And if they can put together a better stretch of hockey or a better 82 game season, I would expect them to compete for the playoffs. Because it's that's a team with too much talent to on the outside looking in,
1: and with a guy like Carter Hart stepping in to take the full load, like he's yeah, got he's got a guy. full
0: year of Carter Hart, he's and the then, you know, he's got some experience under his belt as well. Uh, they're definitely a team that's got to that's got to compete for the playoffs. I mean, and I think they're they're built. To be there as well. You look and they brought a lot in a lot of veteran depth, you know, Niskan, Niskanen Niskan in Braun on defense. You know, they're not the greatest defensemen in the world, but those are guys who've been there.
1: Yeah, true. Um, so the reason why I brought up the 10 straight, dude, was that was two years ago, right? Ten losses, then ten wins in a row. Last year, from December 27th to January 8th, they lost eight straight. A couple of days later, January 14th, they went on an eight-game winning streak, January 14th to February 4th. So in in back-to-back years. They had a 10-gamer followed up by a 10-gamer. And then last year, they had a te- an 8-gamer and followed it up with an 8-gamer. I mean, like, how can you be so consistently inconsistent but it's, also it's consistent?
0: unbelievable inconsistency, it right? Seems, so. It seems
1: strange. They must all be either fantastic or terrible golfers. We'll never know. Uh, the other really important one I wanted to bring up to you, Lesko, was Ghost and Provorov. Where you feel, where you at right now? in terms of those guys are, whether you want to talk fantasy or just, well, I drafted Pravrov, so I'm expecting him to
0: have a better year this year. You know, he got his contract. Hopefully that helps him settle in a little bit. Um, I know I drafted him last year as well, and he didn't have quite as, uh, quite as productive as the season as he did the year before. Um, I ended up having Gossip Spear last year as well, and he did, he did pretty well. It just, Seemed to take him a while to get settled in compared to the previous year to that where he was, I think, one of the most productive power play defensemen in the NHL.
1: I was going to say last year, you couldn't have been that pumped about him. Look at these statistics. Two years ago, Ghost and Provorov combined 30 goals, 76 assists, 106 points, plus 22. Last year, 16 goals, 47 assists, 63 points, and minus 36. I mean, we are talking... Two completely different players, or four completely different players. Yeah. And,
0: and like you said, a lot of it probably comes down to the consistency. I mean, that that team went through a lot last year. Like, you got to think about what went on in that dressing room as well. I, I, I mean, you go through losing streaks like that, and inconsistent play like that, and coach turnover, and a goaltending massacre of just. Guys, how many guys started for them last year? Like eight. That's why. Right, that's why. Right. Yeah, was, I mean, it was goalies, it yeah. was a rough year for the Flyers. So Man. I mean, really, if you're if you're coming in this season, you're on that team, you're just looking to to you know establish some order and some consistency, yeah. right? And I it was interesting. Um, I came across a tweet the other day, and I wanted to mention this because it's about uh, their new coach, Alain Villon. and uh, some of the things that he was overheard saying to. Players on the ice during practice, and I guess during training okay. camp when there was still, you know, guys trying out, but he was saying, be a fucking flyer oh. to players out there. And then um, Mike Yo was also overheard saying, you can't win with goaltending like that. It's shit. Well, <laughs> just some real old school coaching. And we don't get to hear enough of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and we don't true. hear a lot. Like some guys won't, you know, report it for one, and it's not kind of the stuff that that players will really tell anyone is being said and you probably this kind of stuff goes on more than you think. Oh, for sure. But I just I thought it was interesting to come across that because Part of Vigneault's reputation is that he is one of those really old-school coaches in the game and and known to be a little bit of a hard-ass behind the bench. And
1: maybe that's what a team like Philly needs, a little kick in the pants kind of thing to get going. Uh, I'm going to be following the Flyers' season really closely this year, Lesko. Um, my, my keeper goalie was uh, Frederick Anderson, so he's my G1. But then I also snagged up Carter Hart as well. And then later on in the draft, I stole David Riddick as well. So I've got three starting goaltenders uh i don't know exactly what to expect from philadelphia i think i can expect some pretty decent numbers from riddick out in calgary but i'm that kind of guy that likes to have good goaltending because it's like i feel like there's only a few guys in your pools that are gonna have good goaltending and if you're one of them you're a tough out every week because the guy you're playing probably doesn't have the same amount of starts and saves and numbers that you're gonna rack up uh when you play against the guy that has good goalies so i always kind of like to be that guy so i'm looking forward to a full season of carter hart though i texted rich Shapu, we had him on the show in season one last year my color the color guy that i work with uh, for lumber kings um i texted him i said i got a couple of your boys in orange so he was all excited he says carter hart's gonna have a big year even though he just got lit up recently
0: uh over in where are they right now well they lost against some some European team, yeah, I know. lost he got, an exhibition game. you got, got pulled. Yeah, they lost four or three, and they were down like they were down early too, right? I'm
1: thinking that, uh, Kate, to be honest with you here. So Hart in the preseason, fifty seven for fifty eight, fifty seven saves on fifty eight shots throughout the whole preseason. He saw some periods, you know, here and there, like they do. You know, they split the goalies up, so he saw like different parts of different games. He made fifty seven out of fifty eight saves. I know it's just a preseason, but I feel to be honest with you, it's a little bit more telling for goalies. If a goalie's getting fucking beat by every shot he sees in the preseason, can you really be like, oh it's just preseason? I mean, like, think about Still it. Still gotta maybe, do
0: like, your job as a goaltender. Yeah. Right? Like you're not yeah. skating into There's the There's no corner. off days.
1: Like if, if you yeah. want to coast into the corner, you can. People are gonna write, write, right. write you know, about it's, it. Uh, Exhibition is much
0: different for a goaltender. A goaltender, just yeah. make a
1: fucking save. So anyway, he was making a ton of saves, so I was getting all excited to draft him. I had it in my mind I want to get Carter Hart. And then uh, he gets yanked over. So what I'm honestly thinking, dude, is he may have been over there. They got lit, lit up. Yeah. They, 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 no, no I they mean, lit it
0: up when they were over there. Uh, getting drunk? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fucking yeah. partying, man. They went over in Europe. They're like, yeah, we'll go one, one Europe game before uh, the season starts. <laughs> You know they grind it out through camp, you've got the roster that you're you're set on, yeah, it's true, and everyone over on this
1: side of the pond makes a big fucking deal over the fact that the flyers lots lost to a team that starts with h c
0: yeah, I guess so, but <laughs> You know, what is it, what do they care really? I guess they're probably a little bit embarrassed and you know, Vigneault probably ripped a strip off yeah. them for losing that game, but All right, I bet the the what they whatever they did the night before was probably worth it.
1: Yeah, true. So the Flyers did lead the league in one category, Lesko, and I think it was closed doors meetings. <laughs> closed-door and meetings. Goaltender starts. Yeah. A okay. Yeah. Definitely different yeah. goaltenders. But yeah. I mean, like it would seem like almost every other week, the Flyers had a, a players-only meeting. No one, no media, no fucking coaches were allowed. So I mean, obviously something's got to turn around, and I think that uh, having a stable goaltender in Carter Hart is going to be a big kickstart for that. So I got Carter Hart, and I got Couturier as well in my pool. So I'm going to be a little bit of a Flyers fan, I think, this year, which will make uh, the Lumber Kings games go a little more smoothly. Between Rich and myself, uh, I'm feeling warm on the Flyers. I'd like to go about sixty-five percent on Flyers.
0: I'm like fifty percent on them. Okay, because I, like we said, they were so wildly inconsistent. We're not really sure what we should get. I think they should be better because, like I said, a team with that much talent has to has to produce more. Like there's yeah. there's more expected of them. So you know, I, I give them a chance. I just don't know. And 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 I've already kind of. Locked in that division, like I said, for Carolina, for Washington. Like, there's they've got to emerge out of that mediocrity that a lot of the teams in their division is locked into right now.
1: I'm not going to lie. I'm looking forward to this season a little bit more than I ever have been in the past. And I thought it would have been last season just because, again, the Leaf team was really good and our podcast was just starting. So I was really excited to see what a whole year of podcasting was going to be like. But I'm telling you right now, not like Leafs aside. Just as far as the whole NHL is concerned, I am super interested because there's just so many teams that believe they can make it. There's only eight fucking spots, man, per side.
0: Yeah, and that's the parody. And aspect everyone of it. thinks
1: they can make it, but there's only eight. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's going to be so much fun this year.
0: Yeah, like that. That division is pretty. You know, there's gonna there's a couple extra spots for one of those kind of middle of the pack teams to burst through, grab the reins, and 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 go for it. And also, you know, looking over at the Atlantic Division, like we said, the Atlantic Division improved greatly, you know, with the addition of uh, Bobrovsky down in Florida. Um, You know, Tampa Bay as well making improvements. So... Montreal, you know, we we figure they're on the up and up and can most definitely compete for a playoff spot. Yeah, well, last that division is only getting better, right? Well, now.
1: yeah, last year it was basically three teams and then the rest of the division, and then yeah, and then you Montreal saw the gap
0: between the Atlantic and uh, and the Metro as well. It, it was pretty drastic in terms of regular season points.
1: All right, well, we'll keep it in the Metro. We got three more teams, dude, and then we're uh, into our uh, Leaf preview, and we're not doing too terribly for time either. So. Uh, things are looking good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh? Yeah, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Penguins. So 44 wins, 100 points. Sixth in the conference. Uh, they were sixth in goals four. Great job, Penguins, for scoring goals. 271 goals. Uh, they were 14th in goals against. They were plus 33 on the season. Power play index is fantastic at 104.3. They were fifth on the power play and tied for 19th on the penalty kill. Um, so coming in, we have Alex Galchenyuk, Dominic Cahoon, and Brandon Tanev takes his crazy contract over to Pittsburgh. And I, I, I highlighted it, Lesko. It's not crazy in the sense that they're overpaying him. It's just that they gave Brandon Tanev a six-year fucking contract. That's what makes it crazy. Yeah, six
0: years, three and a half million. Eh? Six like, years?
1: What are you doing? Why?
0: locking this guy. There. I don't know. They must be really high on number. They just... You know, if you're you're Pittsburgh and you've been right up against the cap for how many years now, you you just might want the predictability and oh, I you see. Know, you think he might outperform or give you more okay. value than that three and, and a half you can is slot worth. him
1: in for years down the road. Right? Okay, well, I let's see be it.
0: honest here. I mean, it's all about it's all about sitting and Gino and surrounding yeah. them with uh talent. with the right well, some talent but. adequate players yeah essentially <laughs> they gotta I find mean, another kunitz a full fuck sid almost made kunitz a hall of famer you they just gotta find Olympian. more you got, yeah yeah there you go you gotta find more guys like that i wonder if
1: crosby signed kunitz's gold medal to to chris <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> from 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 sid uh okay so on the way out uh phil kessel takes his uh lonely theater room to Arizona in the Galchenyuk trade. <laughs> uh, Kessel's out, and no more arguments with Malkin on the bench, which, let's be honest, made for great gifs or gifs uh, on the internet. Uh, the Kessel and Malkin arguments will be no more. He gone. Uh, Oli Mata is gone. Matt Cullen. Uh, retired. You could have told me he unreal retired. Unreal career. You could have told me he retired seven years ago. I would have believed you. It. still would have believed, yeah. He's Un- been around forever. Unreal,
0: unreal career on
1: that guy. And uh, Garrett Wilson was either dealt to the Leafs or just bought, I don't got know. got him somewhere. Yeah, yeah. We Who cares? They cut him anyway. Yeah, they cut him. Um, okay, so basically looking at some of the interesting uh, statistics for the team, Lesko, uh, I want to look at the playoff struggles. Um, the playoff struggles, they've lost six consecutive playoff games, obviously being swept by the uh, New York Islanders last year. Um, two more games on top of that before they got eliminated the year before. So, um, it is 13 straight years for Pittsburgh of making the playoffs. No other team has more than five consecutive years making the playoffs. So that's really interesting. And I talked to you about it before. There's been lots of talk and and articles about this maybe being the year where the Penguins fall off. But then I'm also reading a lot of articles and hearing some uh, interviews on the radio and whatnot that this is going to be Evgeny Malkin's monster comeback year where he's going to return to some form of heart trophy candidacy. And I'm in that camp as well. So it gets a little difficult where those two lines are going to meet. I mean, if you're going to have a huge bounce back season from Malkin, is that going to relate to the Penguins getting back to the playoffs for a 14th consecutive season? I mean, they're entering Detroit Red Wings territory go. when the Red Wings had made the playoffs for over 20 consecutive seasons I mean the Penguins are a bit of a dynasty I think the core is getting a little bit older and they sense that and they want to do as much as they can to win another cup before it's too late
0: yeah absolutely I mean that's what you're gunning for and they have been gunning for they've been in win now mode for a long time Um, obviously it's costing cost you your draft picks but I mean that's the price of Competing If you're Pittsburgh and you know, you got, you know, upwards of $20 million locked up in three guys. So uh, I, I still think they're a playoff team. I know people are a little bit lower on Pittsburgh this year. You you, you take out Kessel and you bring in Galchenyuk. I mean, that's you're not going to see the same offensive production there. That much is obvious, right? But you gotta—I'm never gonna bet against Sid and Gino, so yeah, it's true. I gotta say their playoffs—I'd say seventy-five percent, okay. And that's probably that's fair. the lowest number I would have given them over ten years. Yeah, yeah, you know that's what I a mean? good point. I probably would have been more in like the ninety to hundred percent range. Yeah. It's only because, like I said, I see improvement in the teams in their division. Like I was saying, Carolina, New Jersey. Uh, you know, some teams that could surprise them. It might be a bit of a dogfight. Like they were, were they not a wild card? Uh, they were last six, year. Yeah, they were. Six yeah, they were the close. Conference. Yeah, they were very close. So it's and the other thing that um I've heard people talk about may have been a factor, kind of in, in not the downfall of the Penguins, but maybe the step back they've taken over the last couple of seasons. A lot to do with how many games these guys would have played over two years in this, uh, in, when they won the back-to-back Cups. Yeah, that's right. And the effect that might, uh, the long-term effect it might have on those players.
1: Uh, they were third in the, uh, in the division, just to clarify. They got the better of Carolina by just one point. Right, right. So it so was, it was close. close. Yeah. My question to you uh, with the Penguins, let's go before we move on to fantasy quick. Uh, you talked about the last 10 years and the fact that you would have given them 90 to 100%. Let's look at the next 10 years. When is the when's the hammer going to fall on the fact that they've been trading away picks like giving candy out on Halloween? They've only had two first-round picks in the last seven years, and one of them was Kasperi Kapanen. The other one was this year. So with them finishing sixth in the conference, it was something in the 20s, right? So... At what point in time are we going to be sitting here saying, oh, man, you know, poor Sid. He's got to stick around (laughs) on this garbage Penguins team. Because I don't really think Sid is ever going to be that guy that moves on. So I wonder at what point in time. It'll be a weird scenario, Lesko, where Sidney Crosby captains a fucking horrible basement dwelling Penguins team. Because I think it's coming. It has to be coming.
0: I don't see it anytime soon. That's for sure. I think they could still remain relevant because they're still an attractive destination for players, right? So if they can find a way to continue to add and um, you know spend their money wisely, but who's their young? I mean, superstar? all they have to do—they don't need young superstars. They they have their superstars. is Crosby and Malkin. Yeah, but they're not going to be
1: Crosby and Malkin in six years. No, they won't be in six years. Well, that's what I said. Let's look at the next ten years. So the last ten years you were ninety hundred percent. They right. were an amazing team. What about the next ten?
0: Right. So they're they're probably good for what? Five? Another four You gotta five. say, because 'Cause we're not talking but just then that's kind your, of your like, average player tapering off in your in their thirties. We're talking about two guys superstars. Who yeah. No science. No, we're talking about two the two couple of the greatest players of all time yeah, here. Yeah, of all right? time. Right? Yeah. So there's no telling how long these guys can play. And I mean, if you've heard or or, or looked into the way Sidney Crosby, trains how much of how the yeah. way he trains, like how much of a pro this guy is. He's not going away. I wouldn't shock me if he plays like you know almost a Yager esque career okay. into his forties. I hear. Not it. saying he'll necessarily be putting up a hundred point seasons, but. You know, there might come a point in time when the Penguins have to start rethinking things and actually thinking more long term instead of win now. So I guess I would say they're gonna continue to be in win now for the next at least four to five years. Four to five years, yeah. That would be my guess. I just Because I think that they're gonna lock down those guys forever. Yeah. And I don't think they're gonna ask for the world to stay there either. True. Because they want to continue to be competitive, and I think as Penguins. But they're not going to have any talent. That's all I'm saying. So it's going to be But they've weird. never had a ton of talent around there. They've just been able to surround them with High draft good guys. Picks, and, and have gotten lucky, you know, hitting it out of the park with a guy like Jake Gensel. I mean, you just have to co- hope you keep hitting on guys like that. Yeah,
1: true, true. I just The only reason why I bring up the conversation, I think it's an interesting one, because I feel like they're going to be one of these teams where one minute they were great, and then you looked over here, and when you look back, like a Chicago bad. quite, like kinda. a Chicago quite,
0: fa- yeah. like fa- faltering like that. Yeah, just kinda. like a bad year where they got to shake things up. And Maybe, yeah, it's just going to be interesting.
1: But even with Chicago, they have some of the picks because they were bad, and they made, they got some picks. But you see the Penguins. They're not going to have. I don't think they're going to have that dip season and then get a fantastic draft pick out of it. They may. They may trade the draft pick the year before. They may have. Yeah, like it's going to be an interesting one to see. I mean, I'm with you though, man. Crosby, Malkin. When you're trading your draft
0: picks too, you really got to hit outside the first round, which they say is you know pretty crucial if you're going to if you're going to be a uh, consistently competitive team. And especially if you're going to be a cap team because you're not necessarily going to be able to bring in guys and trade for agency as often as you'd like. I mean, you got to give Rutherford credit because he has been creative and he, he has been able to ensure that that Penguins team has stayed competitive over such a long period of time.
1: Let me put it this way. I feel badly for the next GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's going to be like a Bill Guerin situation where Maybe, yeah. ownership bring, is going to be like, when, when we stuff, still have Crosby. Yeah, if they we, take, a, <laughs> take a
0: dive and you bring in some guy to clean up the mess. but Yeah,
1: but ownership wants to continue winning. Yeah. Oh, no. No, man, in, no
0: one in sight for their competitiveness, I'd say. Yeah, at, for at sure. The time, but.
1: Uh, okay, so yeah, you're around uh, 75, a eh? 75%. I'm good with that. I think I'll go along with you at a 75%. Sounds good. Uh, moving right along. Second to last one of the... Uh, First segment, I guess, before we move on to the Toronto Maple Leafs, Uh Tampa Bay Lightning. Not gonna spend a whole lot of time here. Lesko. It was a record breaking season. Uh first in the conference, 128 points, 62 wins. 62 wins.
0: I mean, let that settle. So up. this is the best season in the in the cap era. Is 62 that correct?
1: 62 wins. There's only yeah. 82 fucking games. A yeah. <laughs> like that's absolutely insane. Uh 319 goals for they were first. Uh 221 goals against, they were seventh, tied for seventh. Plus ninety eight. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of upsetting that they couldn't pump in two more and get to that yeah, century plus, mark because plus a plus ninety eight is is pretty yeah. ridiculous. Let's go. It's like that's like video game stuff. Um, power play first in the league. Penalty kill first in the league. Index the two together one thirteen point two. Coming in Kevin Shattenkirk, Luke Shen, Curtis McElhaney, Mike Condon. Some of those guys may have been waived. I'm not sure. Uh, Luke Shen was cut. Yeah, he was cut, eh? Okay. Um, on the way out, J.T. Miller, Ryan Callahan, Anton Strawman, Adam Ernie, Dan Girardi. Bad um, luck
0: for the 2014-2015 uh, Rangers there, eh? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they clear a, i incredible amount of cap space, though, with those moves.
1: Yeah, it's true. And then they're able to look at getting guys locked up like Jacob Truba and Artemi Panera, and, you know what I mean? Yeah, like just they picked up all sending guys, so. these
0: guys packing. And um, no trouble sign, anybody, just continuing to roll along. It's business as usual in Tampa. Yeah, no
1: doubt. I mean, um, you know what was interesting, Lesko? The, the one thing that really stood out to me amidst all these fantastic numbers, obviously, like I said, it was a record-breaking season, um, the one thing that really stuck out to me was that they were the most penalized team in the NHL. Uh, Three hundred and one minor penalties really? was, was the record uh, this season, and apparently it was the record by a lot. Uh, it was the record by by quite a few uh, minor penalties. And I, I thought, isn't that strange, dude? Like they've got the number one power play at twenty eight point two percent. They're tied for first with eighty five percent on the penalty kill. Basically, they're thinking, okay, you know what? We score so many goals, and we're also so good at killing the penalties. That we won't, mind, like we don't mind taking a dumb penalty, and maybe that works out in their favor in terms of like some form of intimidation. If you know where, where I'm, where I'm going, I guess had
0: I watched them enough, you might be able I to see few, a little like, bit in in their play that they're. It's interesting, because it it, they're a team that's always talked about speed and skills, speed and skill, speed and skill, right? So why are they taking so many pims? They're mucking and grinding. Well, you got like, to look closer in those numbers and see like who racked up the most pims. And yeah, true. But the the interesting point the, though the, was was the miners fractions of what? Yeah, like the
1: you know what I'm saying. The record was the minors. Yeah, they, I'm saying yeah. like
0: what what minor penalties are we seeing most frequently? Yeah, are like, they you know, slashes, cross yeah, checks? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That would be interesting too.
1: Um, the other uh, one that's uh, pretty interesting here is similar to the Leafs, dude. Um, they have $52.3 million committed to seven players through. Instead 20... of four. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But you know what I'm getting at. They've got a nice core uh, signed through uh, the 2024 yeah. season. So, so top favorite, 100% yeah.
0: making the playoffs. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, and fans... they got to be
0: hungry. They got something to prove after getting fucking swept last year by Columbus. That was embarrassing. So they look for Tampa to come out ready to rock this year. I mean, they they know they gotta make the most of it. And you know, you, you look around and you see kind of what happened to say Winnipeg. It just goes to show you if you're a good team, if you're considered like an elite team in this league, the windows might not be as big as you think. Yeah, it's now very for Tampa true. it looks like it's sustainable, but I mean, just goes to show you last year. Fucking four games, their playoffs was over. I know. I know. It's crazy.
1: And, I mean, they were up 3-0 in that first game. I remember, yeah. I remember yeah. looking at my phone we were, and being like, oh, my God, Tampa's up 3-0. Yeah, Fuck, they might as well just it, give man. them the cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they lose that game and then the next three. Um, fantasy advice, basically pick a guy. That wears a Lightning jersey and get him on your team. <laughs> Anybody in their top Anybody six. Anybody in their top six, get him on your team. Victor Hedman, get him on your team. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky, Best fan, get him on your team. There. Yeah, I mean, the only real issue I have, Lesko, is I don't know if I'm the guy that's going to jump. I don't know if I'm going to jump up to take a Steven Stamkos. Like, if you're saying to me, like, I can choose Steven Stamkos. I would take or, Kucherov, or I can choose... point, and then Stamkos.
0: I yeah, think, this yes. Point.
1: Kucherov, point, Stamkos. I completely agree 100%. And if we're going to go outside of Tampa Bay just for some form of comparable, I would be looking to draft a guy like Leon Dreisaitl or Miko Rantanen. Uh, maybe even a Johnny Goudreau. Um, before the likes of Steven and Stamkos. And the only reason why I'm saying this, dude, is because he careered it at 29 years old. You don't see that very often. You do not see a career year in your 29th year. Now, I understand it coincided. It's team. Yeah. yeah, a lot it of coinc- it has to do with
0: the team peaking, I think. But 40, right?
1: but 40 power play points, man? Like, that's a ridiculous number. Like, I, d- I just don't know if he can do it again, is what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's not a good enough player. It's or really that he's just how decline. confident
0: you are in... In their power play, right? Do you think they can replicate the success of last year? Because if they can, then you know Stammer's going to have a big. Big part in that.
1: Do you put any stock at all into the talk that they don't want to run away with the season, that they want to have more meaningful games in February? No, I think
0: that's bullshit. How do you, how
1: do you even manage? You, well, that?
0: yeah, there's no way to manage that. You are not tell like, <laughs> oh we're gonna coast unless they start doing like full on load management. No, you where can't. Where they just start benching guys to rest them for the playoffs? But you can't because hockey. they're that fucking good. But I think the NHL will get pissed about that.
1: The hockey is a game about bonuses. There are scoring bonuses. There that's are, true too. There's trophy that's bonuses, true true. and you these
0: can't. guys want to be played Let's these guys want to play. Let's be honest. Honest, here, right? Yeah,
1: like you think Austin Matthews doesn't have a clause, or not a clause, but like a, a bonus laden uh, clause in his trophy that says he'll get an extra two point four million dollars if he wins the Rocket Trophy. Like he doesn't have to pay anything to the team if he doesn't win it. It's in there in case he wins it.
0: Yeah, I don't know what these guys signs signing bonuses look like. Um, I know that I know they're more common in like entry level and not so much in the in the later deals because you're getting paid so goddamn much. Anyways, anyways, yeah. anyways and you're fucking. <laughs> Uh, bonuses roll over into the caps. So. Yeah,
1: true, true, true. Uh, okay, so one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Are
0: we? Uh, are they your cup favorites? Oh yeah, they have to be. I, I. Who is ahead of them? That's the thing. Leafs, bud. Okay. Leafs. Okay, Leafs. Then we'll get there. In we'll the get night. there. We'll get there in the
1: next seven. We are almost there. Uh, we'll roll through the Washington Capitals. And then we're going to jump right into the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Washington Capitals uh, won the Stanley Cup two seasons ago. Uh, last year finishing third in the conference with 104 points, 48 wins. Uh, fifth in goals four, 274. Tied for 17th, goals against. They were plus 26 on the season. Twelfth uh, and 24th in the power play and penalty kill respectively. Not a great PK uh, for the Washington Capitals. index the two at just under 100, so not terrible, but they would definitely like to improve. Uh, coming in, Radko Gudis, Richard Panic, Garnet Hathaway, Brendan Leipzig. Interesting there. Let's go with Radko Gudis coming in and uh, being on the same team as Tom Wilson. Do we have a, an over-under on suspensions between those two players?
0: Or practice fights. <laughs> or practice fights.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I don't think... I kind of think Gudis is like generally an okay guy, but then when he gets like into the game, it's over kind of thing. Right. Like if you saw him, probably a good guy, but not the kind of guy you want to play against. Not the guy you want to play against at all. So it's an interesting duo with those two guys there Um, on the way out. uh, Matt Niskanen, Brett Connolly, Andre Burakovsky. That project just never worked uh, in Washington. Kind of disappointing. I was a little. I was high on Andre Burakovsky when he first broke in. Uh, but he's on his way out. Uh, Brooks orpic, I believe Burakovsky went to Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, Brooks Orpic and Devontae Smith-Pelly. Um, basically, you know, Lesko, it's another one of those teams. You just talked about the Penguins, putting them 90 a 100% for the last 10 years. Well, would you not put the Capitals right there with them for the last six to eight years as well? Um, four straight division titles, over 100 points in five straight seasons, and eight out of the last 10 um for over 100 points and they've made the playoffs in 11 out of the last 12 seasons i mean absolutely been a dominating force in this game with a guy like ovechkin capable of scoring 50 goals every year basically uh put them in uh pencil them in as another lock for the playoffs for me
0: yeah absolutely 100% lock you know they're they're right there and it's it's funny because i figured i should peg them maybe closer or set my percentage closer to what uh what I set the Penguins at it like a 75, but I still just think they're better. And I and the edge I give to Washington, just because of Braden Holtby, I think, is a big part of that. I agree. Uh, he's he's definitely one of the best goal attenders in the game for me. And, uh, I mean, Ovi, Baxter, those guys can't be stopped. and those guys want to get it done, they get it done, right? So, most definitely a playoff team. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if they'll be able to take a good cup run, but... We, we sure know they're capable of it, because they're only two re- two years removed, and they're not that different of a team today than they were a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's
1: right. And a 34-year-old Ovi Lesko, I don't think you need to be very concerned about this guy. Showing
0: Doppolo. no sign of, of, of slowing down. And None. The guy, he can still move, and he has one of the best shots in the game, so... He hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. We know he can rip pucks with the best of them. So I, I really enjoy watching Ovechkin play. I love watching him score goals. I think he loves watching himself score oh, goals. Oh, absolutely. So, Dreams about
1: it. Yeah, He's exactly. like a dog running in his sleep. Sure, it's Ovi. Yeah. Like this OB guy story. eats,
0: sleeps, and breathes sniping. Genos. Yeah, bar day. down all day. So uh, no doubt he'll be posting high goal totals once again this year. And yeah. I, I, I'm personally hoping for it. Cause I want to see if he can actually I do chase the elusive Gretzky, Gretzky record. And you know, even if, if not just cause it's a good story, right? It is a
1: good story. And what I love about the game of hockey is with baseball. Okay. Let's say you're in a situation where you want to try and break a home run record. Well, something to be considered. Let's go is intentional walks. Okay. It's not like the other team is intentionally walking you so that you don't break the record. They're intentionally walking you because that's what the game calls for. And if that's what the game calls for, then I'm going to intentionally walk you. I'm sorry that you have a record to try and beat. Well, it's the exact opposite in hockey. Instead of, oh no, they're intentionally walking Ovi, it's, oh my God, they pulled the go- They pulled the goalie. <laughs> like It's the exact opposite, right? So instead of getting a-, a chance to hit a home run taken away from the player... The hockey player gets a chance to score a gifted empty net goal where he doesn't even have to try and beat the goaltender. So I know Ovi gets a lot of minutes on those empty net uh, situations and I know he takes a lot of flack for that in online like on online and shit. Well, just but I love it. The
0: whole time just yeah, cuz he, he gets, wants more goals. <laughs> yeah, but why not?
1: We want this the, the whole world should want this guy to score more goals. I don't care who he is, where he's from, what he's done, what political party he fucking follows or what he has for breakfast. He I loves don't care. Putin. I just want to see the guy score some goals. That's it. That's all I want and it's it's definitely going to continue for another season this year. I feel no ill effects of that of him uh, not scoring as much this year at all. So, I'm not afraid to uh, jump up and take him uh, with one of my first top 5 picks in uh, in any fantasy. So, are we done?
0: Take a, take a pause.
1: Oh, you do you want to take a fiver? Take a pause here. Okay. Alright, well, to cue up a little uh, Cue up a little music We haven't gone to break in a really long time, eh? It's been like When was the last time we took a break? We used to take breaks every episode I was just
0: thinking of doing like a clip. an edit on this
1: Well, don't no. <laughs> Run it all together. Yeah, we're running it you all together. You don't want to edit anything. No, right? I don't want to edit anything. And I love how you're like talking quietly because you're thinking, well, I don't want this to be on the no, podcast. Not, I'm just saying it's
0: going to get edited out. So like Just clip it.
1: But we're going to go to Especially break, after right?
0: that awkward silence that you caused. No, you caused it. <laughs> no, you caused we're it, We're going to go to
1: break right now, though, eh? Like, we'll kill the mics and we'll take a fiver. Smoke, yeah. smoke one and come back.
0: Right. Okay.
1: All right. So we'll be back here. Uh, Leaf preview coming up. all right we're back here uh pucks and d podcast uh, eastern conference preview episode 40 uh we're gonna jump right into the uh comprehensive leafs preview and this will be basically courtesy brought to you by at let go adam and adam i did i did my uh regular stuff that i was doing for all the other eastern conference teams um so i have a little bit of insight but i see you've got lots of uh lots of notes so uh good job here on the prep and i'll kind of let you be the uh the speaker on this one where do you want to start with the uh toronto maple leafs 100 point team last year 46 wins fifth in the conference man
0: am i excited i know it's so good i talked about that last week i said can't wait i can't wait yeah i'm real excited you know the boys are back tomorrow finally uh really interesting training camp this year though for the leafs i mean there was a number of roster spots up for grabs. I mean, they have a entirely revamped bottom six, entirely revamped defense. I mean, especially out of the contending teams or like the, you know, the the higher ranked teams in the NHL. Not many of them see this kind of turnover year over year. And you look at the Leafs having, you know, five new defensemen. I guess if you, uh, you know, four, we'll say when Dermot comes back. But look at the changes we're gonna see here. And and you gotta give credit to Kyle Dubis and the Leafs management for really putting their, their stamp on this team and, and kind of finding finding what they're looking for, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I mean basically, dude, we talked about this when the season was ending last year. What I'm talking about is what we were hoping to see. And I remember vividly stating that all I all I really wanted to see was the Marlowe deal gone and the Zaitsev deal gone,
0: and I can't believe it, and it actually happened. You
1: know, it came at a price. Okay, the first round pick is is definitely a price, but it's a price that you pay
0: to win a championship. Okay, look at look at what what choice did they have? Well, look at what the right?
1: rap Look at what the Raps did.
0: Right. What choice did the Leafs have though? I mean, they needed that cap space. No, you're right. They needed Any means space. necessary, they had to. I mean, even if it meant ditching a legend like Mar- Marlo, they had to do it, and that's a tough decision, right there. Off to Carolina, Off but yeah, you're Carolina. right. The
1: turnaround is good, and I-, I like one of your notes in there. I hope I'm not like going out a turn or or taking your thunder, but I like the team on paper. Better this year than I than I did last year. I think the team, as I'm looking at their cap friendly here, I'm seeing these players down the list, and there's not a lot of like me going, oh Jesus, you know. Everyone is is going to be contributing. I believe. I don't think. You know, I talked to this with uh, a lead friend of mine not that long ago. I said basically what makes me really excited for this year is I'm excited no matter what line comes over the boards, even if it's our fourth line. I'm excited to see what those guys can do. Whereas. I feel like for most of my life, especially as a Leaf fan, but for for most other fans too, Lesko, it's usually only one or maybe two lines where you're kind of watching the game and you're like, okay, just put... Well, the rest of the
0: time you're shitting yourself when they're on the ice. Yeah, and you're
1: like, just put the other line on. Yeah, exactly. You're freaking
0: (laughs) out. and I mean, you look at the Leafs lineup last year in comparison to what it is this year. I mean, Matthew started the season with... Friggin' Patrick Marlowe and Tyler Ennis on Tyler Ennis. each of his wings. So this is a drastically different Leafs lineup right now. Uh, you got Janssen and Kapanen in the top six, which I really like to see because I think they're both players that are fully capable of taking on those roles. Um, one of the questions I kind of had there was, uh, what do you think, it, when Hyman comes back, does... Kapanen stay in the top six, or does Janssen stay in the top six, or do both of them stay in the top six?
1: I, I have to believe that it's gonna be one or the other. And I, I think the reason why I'm leaning towards Janssen is is strictly because it, it creates the separation in the lineup for Babcock to more effectively use Kasperi Kapanen in a
0: penalty killing role. Right. Excuse By me. By moderating his overall minutes. Minutes,
1: yeah, overall right. minutes. Okay, so he's gonna he's gonna get an additional, you know minute 40 to 2 minutes in 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 penalty kill time over the course of a game maybe a little more if there's more penalties taken whatever um so you might you might be able to say okay well I can take a few shifts away from the player and you know what dude maybe it's even uh some form of flip-flop between the two of them like maybe those two players become interchangeable on their respective lines to the point where you feel comfortable putting Kasperi out or Andreas Janssen. I know they play opposite sides, um, but you know I feel like it might be an opportunity at least for the coaching staff to say, well, we can, we can do some in-game fiddling, not a lot, but a little bit to help moderate minutes.
0: Yeah, I can see those guys moving around a little bit. Uh, I guess I wanted to go through some of the Matthews stuff. It was kind of weird, I thought, last week that we had that story kind of sprung on us in the afternoon, but we didn't have all the information. And then I had to check in on it during the show last week, and then we got the incident report where, you know, kind of, I guess, really changed the tone of this conversation and of the story. But uh, a couple of things that, that bothered me a little bit, um, you know, that I saw on Twitter and things like that were the, basically the conspiracies that people were peddling out there that, oh, the Leafs covered this up all summer and, you know, Dubis covered this up. I even saw people referring to uh, – Something Dubis allegedly covered up when he was GM of Sault Saint Marie, and so. But Mackenzie and LeBron actually came out and confirmed that the team basically found out the same time as the rest of uh, the rest of us did, and people actually were kind of reading into the fact that Shanahan had liked the incident report that was leaked online on Twitter, almost as if to bookmark it, I guess. So you could imagine the organization absolutely scrambling. Like that night when we finished recording, Austin Matthews was probably either in MLC offices or on his way there. Oh, fuck yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's what the boy. I think the boys were overdriver saying that, eh? They were like, I wouldn't be surprised
1: if he was in there at midnight last night. Like, yeah, just getting get, getting
0: coached. Getting coached and yeah. getting a, a fucking strip torn off Well, him. he
1: didn't get coached very well because his, his
0: comments after <laughs> him were not fantastic. Well, I mean, you know he's not pumped and he's fucking embarrassed as hell, right? You know, I'm and sorry also, or whatever. No, he didn't even say sorry. He didn't apologize. No, he would I regret my actions? Yeah, and people and people bitch that he didn't apologize. Like he's not going to he's not going to incriminate himself, and he's not yeah, going to admit guilt in anything that's before the courts. So that's just that's just lawyer speak. That's what you're going to yeah. get when when you're when you're in a legal proceeding at this point in time. Yeah, it
1: seems obvious. It is obvious. You're not going to. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to incriminate yourself. Yeah, percent.
0: But I, I got to think that, I, and obviously, to put this back in the hockey context here. Um, you know, a lot of people went to the captain stories because insiders were kind of uh, the consensus. It sounded like was Ma- it was Matthews was getting the captaincy. It was just a matter of when. And now, all of a sudden, after the Matthews incident, all we're hearing from those same insiders is that oh, we're hearing it was it's going to be Tavares, and it's always been Tavares. So is this like is this like a Leaf PR move here? Are they trying to make a save? As if, like, oh, no, it's we didn't change our minds to, to make it less of a story.
1: I don't know. And if, if if that is the case, and they're giving it to Tavares now because
0: of this situation... Isn't that kind of shitty, though? Like Tavares, I know it's not just because of that. Tavares is um, no, but it more be. than qualified and everything. Yeah, but
1: if they were giving it to Matthews, why aren't they? It would be because right. of the situation. And,
0: and if you figure it was... I shouldn't say it was common knowledge, but it was... Like I said, there was insiders saying that, and it was... Kind of being talked about a lot in the media, so the players had to have probably known if it was already pre uh had been determined so. that it was Matthews. I don't know. Or do you I think, don't think they think were so. good at keeping that close enough? Because, like I said, it was you know everyone was talking about it, it was going to be Matthews, going to be Matthews, and then obviously people are going to read into whoever it is tomorrow. Look, here's I, I feel like the story is, is has been hijacked, right? And it's it's almost taken away from it because it's you know I don't want them to change their mind. I wish they would just pick whoever they picked based on whatever. Regardless, yeah. <laughs> but I think you know Matthews didn't do himself any favors when he didn't tell the team about this. Yeah, that's the and, worst I, part. I, and I'm not minimizing the the behavior or anything like that, but I feel like from a trust standpoint and from a leadership standpoint, the fact that he didn't tell his, his coach or the sorry the management or anything and they have a they have a guy they got a fixer like they have a guy on staff specifically that you're supposed to call when you're in trouble yeah they're usually like ex-cops and things like that yeah and yeah, they, they called I, none of those people no I, so like fuck your agent your dad whoever it was who gave you the advice to not tell the team and if that ends up costing captaincy that fucking sucks
1: yeah listen i don't um I don't even really care much to talk about the entire situation because I, I, don't, I have to tread lightly here so that people don't throw me up on the fucking cross here. But I just don't really think that the actions warranted legal response.
0: Well, that's the interesting part about that story as well is that she didn't press charges for a couple of days. And it was only after the fact that she, when she confronted his dad... That they did not... At that point, they still didn't apologize to her or even admit, like, wrongdoing. So, I feel like if they had apologized to her, that this may have never gotten to this point. Yeah, Like, it sounds like there was an opportunity to make amends with this lady before it got to this point. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just right from from the incident all the way through to, to us finding out last week, the whole thing was... Handled very poorly. Did you see the... uh, It became worse than it probably had to be in the first place, right? Did
1: you see the edit on her uh, Facebook profile that she made?
0: I I didn't see that, no.
1: So her Facebook profile was initially screenshotted as saying she was a former military uh, veteran, like a military vet, uh, loves life, food... And no, all I need is life, fun, the gym to be happy. And then it's like dot, dot, dot and money with an exclamation mark at the end of it. And then the next day it was changed. So that picture kind of made the rounds. And of course, people are just just the same way that they'll jump on the Me Too movement to be like, oh, Matthews is a sexual predator because you tried to get into a female's vehicle and all that stuff where I think that's overblown. It immediately becomes overblown the other way, where just because of a certain word on this woman's profile, she starts being like, victim, oh, yeah. victim, like people, sh- oh, yeah, you're going after are, money. Exactly. You know, people are but, going but here's after go. I wonder
0: if that's fake news, too. I like I wonder if people are trying to like undermine her and shit. Well,
1: I don't know. But here's the thing. At the anyway. end of the day, at the end of the day, I, I don't I, I wish the situation would just go the fuck away. Uh, I want it to go away. It, it, it really, I just want the puck to be dropped and games to start and Matthews to score. If he goes five games without scoring to start the season, this entire legal. Situation is going to rear its ugly head. Everyone's yeah, it's gonna gonna, be talking about it.
0: People are going to hang it over him, like, oh, it's he's gonna distracted dumb. and yeah. this and that. So, it's gonna be dumb. you but really hope playing. that's not the case, and it sure doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, he absolutely tore it up in the preseason. And not he's that playing that Ottawa means it, means to start the season anything. He's going to well, yeah. a Hattie. So, yeah, come out, come out with a Hattie, and, and I'm sure <laughs> we'll we'll all be fine with you at least for the night. So, yeah, okay, but Lay yeah, it's a beer. shame. It kind of it kind of uh, you know put a cloud over this whole Capsy story. But you know, no matter who who it is. It's just we should be excited as fans because we're getting a captain for the first time yeah. in a long time. Listen, and it's a huge fucking deal. I it mean, is. They had uh they had Sonine on overdrive today, gave a good interview talking about the you know, how big of an honor it is and how important it is. I know some people, you know, might not think it's a big of a big of a deal as others, but I think when you're part of a story franchise with the Maple Leafs, it carries a little bit more weight. And you look at the guys before you who, who carried that yeah uh, those teams, and who yeah. um who were the the previous captains, I mean, you' you're an esteemed company at this point,
1: yeah, I, I we talked about this before we came back on the air or back on the pod. like I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't really put much stock at all into the captaincy, and I think that might be a bit of a new school way of thinking, and i'll I'll admit it, I'm in the old school way in this instance. I'm not in the old school way where I want to see four fights a game, but I'm in the old school way where I think there should be a captain. There should be a clear-cut captain, leader, the guy that talks to the refs, the guy that steps up in the room when everyone's feeling down or whatever. I like that. I think it's important on a team. And I do think from day one that it should have been John Tavares. And when I say day one, I mean when they signed him. And I understand, excuse me, maybe not putting that C on his jersey to start a brand new season in in an organization he's never been involved in. But I mean, he grew up a leaf fan. He is the hometown picture boy to come here and he's already done it before. And it should be Tavares. And if Matthews loses the captaincy because of fucking pulling his pants down, then, then so be it, you know? And if people are going to talk about, Oh, well, they're not going to give him the captaincy, and now he's going to leave in five years for sure. You know what, dude? Win me a couple cups and then fuck off to Arizona. I won't even care.
0: I will. Don't say that. I won't care. Are you (laughs) telling
1: me that you will really, 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 truly care? If
0: Matthews wins two rings and leaves for Arizona, I want him to be one of those dynasty guys, man. Oh, I'm just listen, here forever. You know I know hear what what I mean? you, but come on. I have, man. I have like the, uh, the nostalgia of the like Sundine captain who played here for what, 10 years. I know he didn't finish here, but pretty close, right? Yeah,
1: but that should be Johnny I, T.
0: You know, if so if Matthews is gone in five years, he was here a total of eight, you know, yeah. which is. Forever in hockey, but and,
1: but all I'm talking about is, is a win, man. If and I don't think I don't think, win, I
0: don't think this guy's you know about to go run off to Arizona. Like I know people love painting that fucking picture, but oh, but you know what I'm it's getting? Based, at, it's, it's it's based on nothing. If you give right? him the C,
1: it's 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 allegedly or apparently it's easier
0: to retain. the Oh, you player. think like anch- you're anchoring him in a little bit? Well, what happened with Tavares? Is he was the C, and he fucked off. That's true. He did fuck off. So, so what do you think about that? Yeah,
1: what do you think about that? Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's get to some hockey talk. Sure. Where are we going next?
0: All right, back to tra- training camp. I guess training camp's over. Leafs have made all their cuts now. At the point, obviously, the biggest story coming out of camp here is as uh, Rasmus Sandin, our Swedish boy, making the team out of camp. Uh, slots into Dermot's spot as the uh, on that third pairing right now, and uh, he's slotted with Marty Marintin also, who uh, seems to have made the team out of camp as well. And I think a lot of that has to do with his ability to, to kill penalties. But back to Sandin for a moment. Uh, did you get a chance to watch him at all in the preseason and, and see what he could do? Because it, it wasn't just a matter to me anyway of him fitting in or or not looking out of place. He looked Good. That's like he made some very great, uh, good defensive plays, breaking up plays in the neutral zone. He was physical. He was moving the puck. He put up a couple of points. I mean, I really liked what I saw from him.
1: I did see some brief action. I, I wish I would have caught a little. I caught some of the earlier games than I did uh, the later games. But I mean, he is highly touted. Okay. He was first round draft pick, 29th overall in the 2018 uh, entry draft. He's not a super huge guy, Lesko, but he plays a big game. Like he's only listed at five eleven, and
0: you could swear looking out there that he's easily over six. Yeah, feet. I was really, I was really impressed with the gap control. And you know, when you have, you know, when you have the the mobility and the anticipation, and the smarts to, you know, have really good gap control, I think size almost doesn't matter so much in that situation. And, you know, we see that a lot from those uh, you know, very mobile Swedish defense. Yeah. Man.
1: And, you know, there's a, there is a Sioux connection there too, right? Played in Sault Ste. Marie, yep. 51 games in the OHL, got 45 points in 51 games as a defenseman, 28 points in 44 games last year uh, for the Toronto Marlies. So obviously a, a pretty uh, good defenseman in terms of, of production as well. I don't think that the Leafs are going to necessarily be looking for uh, production uh, from Rasmus Sandine, but, um, you know, anything that they, can, that they can get from the guy as long as he's serviceable, that's pretty much all they need right now.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens whenever Dermot makes his way back into the lineup. Um, I know, obviously, he, he won't be... Uh, they're going to try and ease Dermot back in, I think, in in, time, in terms of minutes when he comes back. But uh, he, with them both being left shots, uh, I'm not really sure how that plays out. But are you convinced that he's here for the season?
1: Well, I think it, it could be a, a show-me uh, stage. I mean, I don't know how many games are you going to give a guy an opportunity to show it to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they seem pretty certain that he's on the team and, and, you know, at minimum is going to be playing every game, I would assume, until Dermott comes back. And then I I, I wonder if you're moving, a, you know, potentially putting uh, Dermott on the right side maybe when he comes back in place of Marincin. Um, the other one I'm really interested in is the fact that Timothy Lilligren is on the NHL roster right now. Um, I know Myrtle was speculating that he believed that this was perhaps a cap move by the Leafs to, in order for them to get as close to the cap as possible. I think people were throwing around the number. Um, they're looking to be in around like $10,000 yeah. within the cap right now and uh, allowing them to maximize the use of the LTIR.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. The it's, it's, It is it's a confusing scenario. You're better off to try and Google it if you want, but I'll...
0: Get someone smarter than us to explain it to you, basically. Well, in, in <laughs> essence,
1: in order to in order to use the maximum amount of LTIR, you have to be as close to the cap ceiling as possible. So it makes sense, let's go because what the league is saying is if you're $8 million under the cap, we're not going to allow you to take your two LTIR contracts and put them in into LTIR and then still utilize the 8 million plus the LTIR contracts to go sign more players. That's not how it works. We're going to basically penalize you. It's kind of the way it works, right? They're basically penalizing you for being far away from the ceiling. So the goal is to get as close to the ceiling as possible to obtain like close to no penalty and then go into the overage. And basically,
0: you- we're using the biggest loophole in the CBA, which was was written by to its full extent, (laughs) which is basically written by by Lawrence Gilman. So (laughs) just a good snipe right there by the Leafs. Yeah. No kidding. So I don't know. I, I I hope that Lilligran finds his way into a few games, you know, with with him being a right-handed shot, he might have an opportunity to uh, to get in some games. And I thought it was kind of interesting looking at the Leafs' de- current depth chart, or at least the way it stands right now. They're currently sitting with uh, only one extra forward, and that's Nick Shore. Uh Right now, uh, they've got two extra defensemen they're carrying in uh, Justin Hall and Timothy Lilligren. So I'm wondering if maybe in the early part of the season, these guys getting uh, some more opportunities to show what they've got. And if they go for an approach where they might just be kind of cycling guys in and out in order to give some experience before maybe, say, a Lilligran ends up getting sent back down.
1: Yeah. Now, are these guys on two ways? Are most of these guys well, on so, two, two so ways? So is, Lilligran
0: is waivers exempt because okay. he's on a ELC. Yeah. And uh, that same would go for Rasmus Sandin. So if they say did end up in a you know situation, they had to send these guys down. It's not a big deal, right? Whereas right. uh, a Hall, uh, I believe, a Nick Shore, players like that, they've got to clear waivers.
1: Yes, it's true. I'm seeing that here too. Yeah, Nick
0: Shore, yeah. even Marincin. I believe Timoshov well. as well can go down. Now, uh, moving on to the forwards here, the Leafs. Um, we've seen a completely different. Uh, Bottom six, essentially, for the Leafs here now. Some of the surprises I thought coming out of camp was Timoshev making the team. And I saw some speculation out there that... Perhaps they kept Timoshev as opposed to some of the other guys, Patan, namely, uh, some guys who make a little more money because these guys make such little, uh, little uh, AAVs on their contracts. I mean, 694000 that's cost them for Timoshev, and Frederic Oshry, another one, has only cost them 675000 this year. Okay. So these are lower than your uh, fringe NHL players like some of the guys they cut.
1: Well, I mean, you can tell back in the day, Lesko, when he was drafted, which was uh, in the fifth round of the 2015 NHL draft, uh, he put up 90 points playing for the Quebec Ramparts in the QMJHL. So he was clearly highly touted at that point in time, right? Became property of the Leafs at that time, was sent down, uh, traded from Quebec to Shawinigan. You know, he was still decent, uh, more than decent in terms of points, and then he started to fall off. And then he went to the Marlies, AHL, still decently producing, 24 points, 34 points, 49 points last year. So he's a guy that can that can put up the points, um, smaller, good on his feet, obviously uh, creative with the puck. Um, I'm interested to see, I, I told you before we came back on the air, I wish I had a better chance to pay a little closer attem- attention to Timishaw. But from what I can see from some of the guys I talked to uh, that are big on prospects and whatnot, um you know it's it's apparently not a big surprise at all to see this guy stick around
0: I I thought it was a huge surprise myself just because if you would ask me last year if this guy had a shot at the NHL I said I probably would have said no and he was you know he'd got one more camp with the team and he'd be out of here so it was interesting to see him stick and you know looking at his uh his numbers last year for the Marlies. um you know, putting up, was at 49 yeah, points in 72 yeah. games, uh, but also at times, I believe, was scratched for them as well last year, now that's also the Marlies carry an, an absurd amount of players, and so they're constantly bringing guys in and out, but uh, you would think that some other guys had the inside edge going into camp, so pretty cool to see him make it, and it'll be interesting to see what he does with it um, they, they do have plenty of other options if it comes down to it, if they're unhappy with his performance, but uh, a very different fourth line we see this year for the Maple Leafs with Jason Spezza uh, centering that line and with looks like Freddie the Goat as well is going right? to continue to play for and the Maple Leafs on that at, fourth line. They'll
1: swap at center as well, right, which I yeah. thought was interesting because I, I have to believe, Lesko, that they'll, they'll have the Zaw taking the draw. The Zaw on the draw, and then everything else after, right? Because, I mean, he was tied for first in the faceoffs. Why are we ever going to have... Yeah, why would else? you
0: even rotate face-offs I with, with yeah. Frederick Otrey? Because he's is not that great on face-offs himself, no. so... I don't know. I
1: mean, it's not like they're going to be getting a ton of offensive zone starts on the fourth line. Right. So we're talking about faceoffs that that really they must they be one they must be one in the defensive zone i mean let's be honest you should be winning all the face-offs if you can yeah. but you know um they become of utmost importance when in your own zone so i'm interested to see what kind of decision making uh, is going to go on there in terms of uh you know the coaching staff but um my my uh my big player coming in uh, to this season out of camp is uh, is Mikhaev. i'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing what Yeah did you get a look what, at him and all in yeah, the season yeah, and
0: I, just Like, I did not. I didn't have anything to go off of, right? I never watched any of his shit. You know, I heard he was one of the better players in the KHL last year. You know, whatever that really means in the grand scheme of things, because it's not like I watched the KHL. But holy shit, man, can this guy move? Like, he's got unbelievable feet. he's got his head up he's got pretty pretty sharp hands out there and seems to be able to make things happen so he seems like a guy that could almost slide up and down the lineup given the opportunity but uh we'll see what happens when once he gets some regular season games in but you know already he's looking like a brilliant silent signing by the leafs
1: i think so and i mean you get a lot of these um flyers okay not the philadelphia flyers it's called a flyer they take a flyer on this guy
0: yeah and, and, and a lot of guys of were guys. going after this guy in the k last year as well so and,
1: you know the leafs have had some some uh troubles going after some of these
0: uh overseas free agents maybe like I'd say like, troubles because they're low risk like it's if it turns out it's found yeah, money if not i mean they're paying them a million bucks yeah true and they're always contracts that they can easily bury in the minors if it comes down to it so it's uh, this is a market inefficiency that the Leafs are really going to or trying to exploit. It's just, but I see what you, the point you're making about not necessarily hitting on them, right? Yeah, you but it's not a bad parli- thing. You yeah. home, which we ter- end up turning into Bataan, I guess. Yeah,
1: but. yeah, true. Uh, but in this case, yeah, um, 24 years old. He's uh, listed at just over six feet, so he brings uh, brings some decent size to the to the table. But I was really liking what I saw as far as uh, uh desire to get on that loose puck, which I thought was really uh, a, a positive in his game. And I don't want to be prejudiced or anything like that, but you don't often see that from the Russians, Lesko. Let's just be honest. You don't. Like, when was the last Russian player that you you saw like just ripping into the Russian corner? And- Ripping right in there, the puck up.
0: But I think, uh, and I would hope that you know, Babcock made very abundantly clear to Makayev when he got here, like, yeah, you're going to be on the third line, you'd be fighting for ice time, but this is what I need you to do out there. This is going to be your role. And you know, with with Makayev having some decent size, some decent feet, he's definitely got the tools. Uh, to make an impact. And just based on the small little bit I've seen him play, he's he stood out to me in a lot of games.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, uh, I'm right back to what you started the leaf segment with off, dude. It's just like looking at it more and more, looking at the lineups, everything. I know we're tight up against the cap. Uh, I know it might be difficult if we experience injuries, but it's kind of a, a moot point when you figure it's the same with any team. Any team could go through injuries. Hey, I but, have no problem with the know? Leafs
0: being up against the cap when it's with good contracts, right? it's contracts I you know Well, if you're players. over if you're overpaying anyone, the it starts. might as well be your elite talent, yeah, that's right? Instead of the the shitty contracts, you know, for middling guys that you, you gave them on July 1st. I don't mind the lease being up against the cap when there's no bad contracts on the team right now. Yeah,
1: true. And I, and we've talked about it before, dude. That's probably the shift in the league and I'm not saying I'm not saying that Kyle Dubas did a great job on these contracts because they're he did a great job by getting difficult. them done they're done they were difficult but they are they are done he could and he did and that's basically all there is to it so now it became the 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 narrative for so long let go was you're never going to do it there's no way you can do it and then when he did it it has now turned into yeah but you didn't do it very well right right okay well congratulations what's what what's the next thing you're gonna fucking say you know, and that kind of brings me back to that whole online social media thing. I went back and forth with some fucking sense fan uh, yesterday. I think it was my god. I had a post on a, a comment on a post, and then he chirped me, and then we went back and forth for like almost twenty. Minutes. Back on the
0: keyboard warrior,
1: twenty minutes. But it was just because he was he was just <laughs> spewing all this shit about win something, win something. It was all win win the copy. Can't and we'll argue talk. with that. Yeah, but he was yeah, but he was a sense fan. <laughs> He's telling me we haven't won anything on a color TV. I said, like, bro, like, you know, '67's a lot later than 1911. Or twenty seven or what? I think it's nineteen twenty seven. I
0: don't know. I don't know how it's you just do, dumb. I don't know how you do that stuff, dude. Dumb, I don't I don't know, know how like, you do it.
1: Well, if they come at me, I, I usually give time a day. I usually give time a day up for a little bit, and then and then and then it usually settles. This guy kept going on and on, like you got to win something. I said, bro, like you guys can't even fill the stadium when you play <laughs> a fucking playoff
0: game. Could do this shit all day every day, right? Like,
1: and then my other sense friend fran- fans friends that listen to this podcast get fucking mad at me because i'm always harping on the fucking sense
0: online i said it's not me i don't go it's not out just there. me i didn't write i didn't write the stories about this but center, i don't go so.
1: out there looking for it it's someone i comment and someone's like leaf suck and i'm like okay whatever i don't care and they're like yeah well whatever like
0: you respond that's where you're going wrong right there uh, you, you respond that's why Well, i'm not
1: a famous athlete so fuck you i can respond <laughs> to whoever i want can't just pull down and your I can, fans. I can moon
0: whoever I want. You can moon whoever you want. No <laughs> one gives a fuck. Exactly. All right, bro. Where are we headed here? Uh I guess the couple of questions. Like if so what's the expectation? And like I'm not just talking about from fans, but from management for this team. Is it is it compete to win to the division, I'm assuming? It's gotta be, right? Like it's oh gotta my God, be dude, division or bust. It's it, gotta be Eastern Conference or bust. It's
1: cup or bust starting today. Right. And that doesn't mean, oh, fucking Coleman says they're going to win the cup. That's what happens. No, it's just cup or bust. It means we're time, we're primed. We're primed to win. That's it. It doesn't mean we're going to. I think we will within this yeah. window, whatever the window is you want to call, maybe five years. I think five years is a safe window. I think
0: that's the expectation going into the season for sure. And and why shouldn't it be? They feel like they have the tools to do that. Um I think the expectation could change if, say, the defense core doesn't play out like how they envision it. True. Yeah. And let and there could be you know there could be some growing pains. I mean we haven't shown any sign of it with the NHL lineup that they put out in the preseason. They've been outstanding so far. Yeah. But uh, but it is preseason. Yeah, exactly. When we see them get into some actual NHL uh, games here, um, you know there could be some bumps in the road. There could be some adjustments. But I I, I feel like. That shouldn't change management's expectations on the team either. No,
1: but as a as a fan of this team for my whole life, it's time. This year it's time. In twenty sixteen it was really exciting and we were up against Washington and oh my god, we almost oh you know it was exciting. So I guess
0: the question from a fan expectation is that how many playoff series wins does it take for you not to be angry after they get eliminated?
1: Well 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 one. Which is, right. which is contradictory to what I just said. Right. But, but I, given what we've gone through... What we've gone through, yeah. One is yeah. fine. Right. Okay, one is fine given what we've gone through, but...
0: Because it's progress, at least. But it's still a failed season. It's still a failed season. It's still not good enough, for sure. I agree with you on that. But it would... I guess it would be like, okay, well, at least they're, they've made progress. Fine, but let's... I mean, in the grand scheme of things, is it a lot? No, but I think from like a mental and experience standpoint, it's a lot. Yeah, fine, because but... The, it's your mindset is totally different in the second round than I agree, it is in the yeah. first,
1: right? But look at it. Look at it from a chronological standpoint. In 2016, we were up against Washington. We we had no business being there, apparently. But then we really fought tooth and nail, and it was an exciting way to go. Very exciting. No one even cared that we were out. Like I wasn't mad that we were out. It was right. Incredibly it was exciting. just grateful. Then the next year, okay. Second year for these kids. We make the playoffs again. We face the Bruins. It's going to be a tough task. We go down. We're not really in the series very much the entire time. But somehow we force a game seven and we lose it. Okay. Again, very exciting. Not sure how disappointed you should be after that. Then we go into last year. It's now time to win a series. You've lost twice. They were both acceptable losses. No one's putting you up on the cross for it. But now it's time to win and we lose we had a chance to win at two home opportunities we had a chance to win, to win at win that home series. which means two the, opportunities which means the whole home ice advantage thing goes right the fuck out the window because we had it we had home ice advantage and we still lost the series that was a disappointment that was not acceptable i i don't believe that that loss was acceptable as a fan even though i'm believing we are a copper bust i believed it last year i believe it this year I didn't believe it against Washington in 2016. I didn't believe it in 2017, the first year against Boston. But 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 last year and this year, I am fully on board. I'm not saying that we're going to win the Cup. I'm just saying that we can. We can. And we will.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to tack on the we I will part on the end I kind of had to. Fuck. No, that, well, I mean, obviously it would be fucking amazing, but... I don't
1: yeah, but, even know what I would do. I would have to take a week off work.
0: I, that I've always thought about that, and it's like I I don't think I would have, or anyone would have, probably have enough holidays to like celebrate to celebrate as much as you'd be celebrating. You'd be so in the zone and think of like how frequently you would be. <laughs> Dude, I watching hockey games, staying up late, overtime, friggin' boozing, all that stuff. Like it would be, it would be. A, it would be a trek as a fan, a diehard fan, to make it through to the Cup Finals.
1: I don't even know. So, like, well, you better get ready. That's what I keep. You don't telling. want to get in
0: on the excitement, right? I kept telling.
1: I keep telling my Leaf fans. I every now and then when I see a couple that I haven't talked to in a while, one of them actually just recently messaged me on Facebook. Hey, I've been listening to your podcast. It's great, and thanks, man. You know, he goes, uh, "Yeah, Leafs are looking good this year." I said, "Yeah, are you ready?" He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, are you are you ready? Like I've asked you this question before. Are you are you ready? Like are you even ready for the team to win? <laughs> no one seems to be really ready. Even no, because we have
0: no idea what it looks like. I know. <laughs> we have no idea what the experience is like, and and." You know, in my adult life, I haven't seen them win a playoff series or even go deep in the playoffs. And I remember how exciting it was as a kid. I know. You know, and how crazy the a feeling that With was. With no
1: booze or joints. Yeah, and
0: I couldn't <laughs> imagine how excited you'd be this time anyway and just considering what we've been through, right? But, All right. Listen, anyway, we'll let's, ask,
1: let's move on. What sure, we have, yeah, what we'll what fire we off a, a couple
0: here. things here. Um, I want to just talk quickly about the backup goaltender situation. Looks like Hutchinson's got it. He's basically de facto, I Mm -hmm. guess, because Neuwerth couldn't play or wouldn't play or whatever that Babcock really sewered him on that one quote. And then the next day he was gone. Well, I I, I kind of read
1: the tea leaves there. I think there's there was a situation. I don't think a guy. I don't like think Matt, he was 100 healthy. Mike Babcock is going to say that, uh, right? I guess you know unless something had gone on. But or, you know
0: how much coaches hate players being injured too, right? Like I guess that, yeah. Especially in training camp, it's like, well, then your tryout's over, yeah, right? Then like, get the fuck off my ice. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. That's that's what it sounds like. So, okay. uh, I, I wonder if you know they they keep an eye on the waiver wire. A few guys have been tossed around lately. The uh, but I think given their cap situation right now and obviously because they haven't had an opportunity to uh, put their guys on LTIR, I don't think they're in a position to pick up anyone on waivers at the moment. No. So I think it's it's going to be uh, you know Hutchinson. It's going to be Hutchinson. He's going to get his chance. And I think they're hope, hoping he can shoulder a decent load uh, this year in order to maybe bring down Anderson's starts a bit. But as we've seen in previous years with the Leafs, He's definitely got to be on a short leash.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think Hutchinson is good enough, to answer your question in the prep. I think he's good enough. I think he's serviceable. The team in front of him is a good team. They are going to score some goals. If he's going to give up three, I'm not worried that the Leafs are going to be able to score four. Um, I think it's going to be incumbent upon the players to understand what is required of them. On, on those given nights where maybe it's a back to back and Hutchinson starts the second night, you know, these players are going to have to dig a little deeper.
0: And uh, if they can just get better at, at suppressing shots and team defense, I mean, that's, that alone will, will lighten the load on Anderson and on Hutchinson and make it easier for him in his starts for them just to, you know, keep. Uh, keep the puck on the other team's end, and and you know keep pucks away from the net. Because well, it's the best way to defend. I mean, they gave up a, a million fucking shots last year. Yeah. I mean, Anderson had I think one of the uh, highest amount of shots faced in the NHL. I know I had it and in the pool, exactly. Like <laughs> I mean, that's that's going to be one huge aspect of of improvement, hopefully for the Leafs. And again, it's going to be a real test for the new defense core.
1: Yep. I mean, I'd like to see uh sub-60 for Freddie. My fantasy team would, would like it to continue at 60, 65 yeah, of course. starts. But uh, the fan in me would like to see it dip down. So, uh, you know, you're you're thinking 20 to 25 starts. I had Hutchinson pegged for 23. You know, I'd love to see 23 starts for Hutchinson. And similar to, uh, you know, the the uh, backup in Tampa Bay whose name eludes me, Louis Domingue, Who had a fantastic record of like 19, 4 and (laughs) 3? Barely lost. Or something like that because of how good his team was. I don't think it's going to be that easy for a guy like Hutchinson, but I don't see why if he gets 23 starts, I don't see why he can't win 14 of those 23, you know, and really give us an opportunity.
0: But as I mentioned earlier, I think he's on a short leash. I mean, say, you know, through his first. I don't know, say seven or eight starts and he comes out with, a, you know, about 500 record, but is posting like an 888 or something. Like Sparks? He gone. Yeah. They're, they're going to have no patience for, for shitty back goaltending. They'll do what they have to do to make make the right moves.
1: Here's my, here's my big gripe of, of the goaltending situation and the way Mike Babcock works it. Hey, Mike, maybe start Hutchinson on some random Wednesday games where you're playing a shit team. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be... The back to Only back to back. And that's, well, that's
0: And I think that's the idea and what they want and what they wanted last year but couldn't get out of Sparks. They, they didn't feel confident enough in playing him in any other situations. But um, I think part of the other point of that is if you're giving them the second half of a back-to-back, a space, say, especially on one on the road against a tough team— you're not exactly giving them a good opportunity to no, win. No, because the team spe- is
1: already tired from last night. The team's already night, tired, man. you know, and
0: might be giving up 40 shots on you. Yeah, but, I mean that's that's definitely what they want. Is they want someone who can play more than that? Because if you want to give, uh, if you're actually trying to reduce Anderson's starts, then you're going to need that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah, where do we want to go next? What's up, I don't guys? know. Who
0: do you think will lead the team in goals? <sighs> Matthews. Okay, i wanted t- to say Tavares. Though. i'll take Tavares yeah. just because he took matthews okay so who's gonna lead the team in points then marner i'll say matthews okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay oh you got an anderson too
0: yeah how many games will anderson play i am going to go strong at 57 i'm not 100 sold on Hutchinson. i'm gonna say 62 damn fuck
1: you're gonna be right
0: I, I, I wish I like I really <laughs> hope Andrew, or Hutchinson is the answer and, and, and does exactly what they need him to do. But I'm just not a hundred percent there. Listen, man. Listen. Only it, because they brought they brought in Neuvers for a reason. They don't necessarily think he's going to be true. It, but they're giving him the shot now. But I
1: think it's all about deployment. What is my biggest What is my biggest uh, c- concern and gripe about Mike Babcock deployment? It's why I wanted him fucking fired after last year's playoffs (laughs) because of his stupid
0: deployment. Right.
1: And he deploys the backup goaltender terribly as well.
0: I guess on the point of deployment as well, uh, now that there is no Nazem Kadri on the third line for the Maple Leafs, uh, do we see a significant increase in the ice time for both Tavares and Matthews? Yes, Yes. absolutely. So they should be upwards of 20 a game each, I would say. Yeah, which is why we're going to be so fucking good. That should, man, that should help.
1: It should help. If we're going to have the puck on the other, and hand, also on the as, other 100. And also, as
0: someone who you know, gets excited just about every time those guys get on the ice, it's oh, going yeah. to make for more entertaining yeah. as a viewer. And that's what
1: I was saying earlier when I said, okay, I'm excited no matter what line comes over. So yeah, we're going to have 40 minutes, basically, of either Matthews or Tavares. The other 20, let's cut that right in half and give it 10 to Kerfoot and those boys and 10 to Spezza. And those boys. And I'm going to be fine with watching those other lines come out because that Kerfoot line is going to be a real energy go, 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 go line. And then that fourth line, I think, is just going to be a nice, solid chip and chase, smart plays, probably not going to be giving up a ton of goals, which is exactly what you what you want out of your fourth line.
0: Okay, so the last question I got is how many goals does Matthew score against Ottawa tomorrow night? Three. Three?
1: Yeah, start the season off with a fucking
0: Hattie. I agree with you. One hundred percent. And then and
1: then he should he, his celly should be a, a fake moon. No it shouldn't. Oh moon. my
0: god. No it shouldn't. A fake moon. No way, man. Oh would he ever get trashed? Like Wouldn't I that was, be hilarious? I was, I was texting texting you last night about like Matthews making the biggest heel turn I've ever seen in professional hockey. <laughs> Basically going from being like God in Toronto and being absolutely beloved and then showing up at camp with a mustache. Having a fucking drunken rampage of a summer and just being viewed as an all around piece of shit now. Man, he could be the new Brett Hall. Yeah, yeah, could be. Because Brett Hall was a bit of a hero. Brett, Brett, yeah, he was, he was a villain. Brett was a sure. villain and Brett was an American goal scoring sensation. And like did not really give a fuck and would tell you that too. Yes, absolutely. We should get, did we ever use the audio clips of uh, Brett Hall? in any of the intros after the cup final oh, last year like God, we yeah. went blues <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe i, I feel like it i did. feel like maybe because there was something there was one time when i remember one of our intros i know we had to have featured about someone about it, famous go i i want
0: the blues to go deep again this year just so we get more brett hall action and quotes and well, mic time just give them more mic time. drunk
1: drunken Hall.
0: Oh, he was loaded every game, man. Just having the time of his life.
1: All right, so we're wrapping up uh, episode 40, uh, the Eastern Conference and Leafs preview. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us for the entire time. It was a long episode, probably our longest ever. Uh but we're shit. We're really looking forward to the season uh, starting. Let's go. Uh, the final question, the Nylander. 30, oh, yeah. 30 or no? Yes. You're going yes? I'm going no. I think he's going to get 28. Twenty eight. I think he's gonna get twenty eight. I'll take it. Alright, so listen, thanks again for joining uh follow us at uh, on Twitter at PuckPod at Coleman forty two and at LeskoAdam. Adam. Season starts tomorrow. Quick prediction, final score. I'm gonna go five two Leafs. Goals from Matthews, Kapanen, and John Taveras. What do you got, Lesko?
0: Uh Leafs three nothing. Three goals, Matthews. Oh, shut out Anderson. Oh, he even said shut out. Oh, now watch, my- now nah, watch, they're gonna get dusted for <laughs> some reason. No, I think this is good. Playing Ottawa first game of the season, and just mow them down and like get that going right off the bat. Well, we struggled. They with were them. terrible against Ottawa last year. Well, it's let's terrible. see. Let's
1: start off strong. No and-
0: excuses, and they gotta be motivated against their old teammates. Just run them into the ground.
1: It's true. It's a returning home, and we'll see you again next week, same time.